What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Inside Dirt show on the Inside Dirt Network. Before we get to the show, I've just got to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors and supporters. We appreciate you guys listening to this bit. Please support the guys that support us. The Inside Dirt show is brought to you by the following brands. Recoverate. Expand on your body's ability to recover, heal, and excel in your chosen sport and lifestyle. Used by AORC and ISDE multi-time champ Dan Milner. Pro MX2 class points leader Kyle Webster and the 2015 MX1 champion Kirk Gibbs, just to name a few of the riders who are using and winning with Recoverate and the new hydration supplement in the R8 range, which is Hydrate. R8, more than a supplement, achieve your personal best. Go to recoverate.com to check out all of the products and the latest deals that will help you beat arm pump, hydrate, and recover better when it's time to go racing or riding. Inside Dirt Show is also brought to you by MX Wraps. MX Wraps are the market leader in race-ready, semi-customizable graphics kits direct to the rider from their website. They have industry-leading materials, and I myself have fitted hundreds of graphics kits in my lifetime, and I can safely say that these kits go on easier, faster, and better than any other kits I've used. This isn't a sponsorship plug. This is just the truth. They fit like butter every single time. Visit their website to add your numbers, sponsor logos, and rider ID right now to 100 of pre-designed kits. If you go to mxwraps.com.au, the Honda factory range for the 2021 CRF 450 is just one example of how good these pre-designed kits look. Throw your details in there and you are good to go. Visit mxwraps.com.au for more. And finally, ID Media Group is also bringing you the Inside Dirt Show. ID Media Group is the parent company we have here that brings you the Inside Dirt Network and provides brands, events, and athletes with management and innovation across digital marketing, branding, business development consultancy, sponsorship activations, unique content creation, and more. Used by brands and events such as Gas Imports, Thor, and Michelin Australia, Recoverate, ProMX, Raceline Performance, MX Wraps, Loneworks, and many more, along with athletes and riders such as multi-time AORC and ISDE champ Dan Milner, social media star and all-round athlete legend Jack Simpson, and Primex Privateer YouTube entrepreneur, just to name a few of the guys that we represent here at ID Media Group. Contact info at idmediagroup.com.au for more info on what we can do for you. And with that being said, cue the music, let's get to the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Inside Dirt Show on the Inside Dirt Network. It has been a minute. It's actually been a really long minute since we did an Inside Dirt Show. Um, long story short, there's a lot going on. There's always a lot going on, but uh, me and my man, Darnell Official, are in the building. Darnell, what's happening? Not a lot. Absolutely. Actually, not no, nothing. Not a, damn, not a damn thing. <laughs> I've been on holidays. It's been good. I've got one week left. There you go. Um, now I was saying, obviously, uh, look, been a minute since we did an Inside Dirt show. We've been doing the AMX Moto Online Primex recap shows, which are live streamed. Um, and uh, <laughs> except for the last one, we'll get into that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But, um, you know, these uh, Inside Dirt shows, we do want to keep them going. They do have a place in, in everything. Um, 
to everyone's questions we saw at the last round of Prime X. They were basically saying, where is the next Inside Dirt show? Or where was the preview show for the uh, round at Canberra? So we're only really doing recap shows for each round of Prime X this year. So the Inside Dirt show will kind of pick up that slack every round with, with not just Prime X content, but between each round there'll be an Inside Dirt show like this one which will have guests from uh, multi-genre disciplines. But we're going to tell you right now. So we've got some good guests on today, Donnell. We've got um, Daniel Milner. I don't know if you heard of that guy. Goes really fast with a headlight on. Never heard of him. That was a fucking lie. (laughs) (laughs) We've got the drops back today as well. Uh, Milner's coming on. Uh, He'll be on in just a minute to talk about his start to the season. Um, He has been dominating the AORC as usual, so we'll get Dan Milner on to talk about that. Excited to have, well, I know Travis Witten's coming on and maybe uh, Nate as well, maybe the Witten brothers from WBR Racing. They are uh, basically the star racing of Australia with 75 riders across their team. <laughs> but uh, no, the Witten brothers, man, they've been uh, really big supporters of us for a long time with the show. And uh, man, their story, owning their family dealership, progressing through their years of running junior teams, now senior teams, pro teams, winning um, titles at, at the top level, the, the semi-truck, all the riders i got right now is, is really cool to see. So we're going to get the Whitten Brothers on to have a chat about their deal. And then we're going to have Jay Lamb. Jay Lamb, the privateer, who I don't think anyone knew who he was in, in MX1 and Prime X for the first few rounds, but he ended up going with um, a top 10, I think, at Canberra. And uh, so reach out to Jay. He's going to come on. And now we're going to chat to him a little bit as well. So pretty cool lineup of guests. Yeah. I mean, um, it is. Did you want to do that drop? No, no, because no, you fucking ruined it. You didn't leave me into it too much. All right, well, well, it doesn't make any sense if you don't explain it. Oh, that's right. right. Jay huh. Lamb, the reason that his story is so interesting is because he is from Scotland. But they'll never take <laughs> <Cold freedom. laughs> It's yes. not as funny now. You fucking ruined it. No, nah, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Um, so Jay is a young kid, moved over. I guess he used to race in Europe. Um, I'll be chatting to him about that because... I'm not from Scotland, but I'm from the UK, so I think there'll be some things that we'll have to chat about back in, back in the the, the motherland, so to speak. And uh, he's he's doing it full privateer spec, on his own with his girlfriend over here in Australia, and he got a top ten at Canberra MX One. That's pretty gnarly. It is. It, it was. Uh, we found it on both of the AMX Moto Online shows that we were talking about this Jay Lamb guy, and we had no idea who he was. Well, when I reached out to him yesterday, I said, like, excuse my ignorance, but he's got you know MX R and D. He's got Lusty. He's got like all these Aussie brands supporting him. Um, so you just kind of assume like, oh, he's just like a, a privateer from New South Wales or whatever Yeah, but he it came is, out of know? nowhere to be top 10. He did, but people, they do do that in MX1. Like there are some privateers each year that kind of pop up and they're a 10 to 15 place guy, you know? I'm coming off stupid. I'm coming off as stupid. Um, all right. Well, in my opinion, it does happen. Mm. Um, you know, like you're, not your Joel Evans, like he's more of a journeyman, but you get guys like... Uh, Oh, help me out here. Well, you just sitting it? with your head in your hands. Like, help me out here. No, I'm just saying. But that's my <laughs> point. Guys don't come out of nowhere and start getting top 10s. You're know, like, yes, they do. And you can't name one. So, um, once again, <laughs> you're an idiot. All right. Well, Jai Walker. Huh? Jai Walker. He didn't come out of nowhere. He wasn't running top 10 last year. Uh, yeah, but he was around there. Did he, did he get a top 10, though? Well, no one got a top 10 last year. If you want to fucking split hairs, <laughs> there was no racing. Ah, yeah, that's so, a valid point. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, it's been a minute, Donnell, since we did a show mm. that wasn't purely centered around Primax. There's a lot to talk about. Supercross in the States ending. It's done. Uh, Supercross here is going to get an announcement soon. The, the rumblings on the street is um, like a five-round series is what we're hearing. Moto Online put something out yesterday. 
where I think Adam Bailey said June or July they're going to uh, do a formal announcement. June. Um, it's going to be interesting. At least we'll get an Aussie Supercross Series back, which is going to be incredible. Well, people looking at it and going, five rounds doesn't sound like a lot. Have we ever had more than five rounds? I don't think so. Not in a long time. No. Um, not and since like the Super X days. Well, I think the only thing in question, which is, this is no industry secret, it's common sense. Like, is AusX going to AusX open and international travel is a, is kind of in doubt, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, do they do a scaled back version of AusX? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That, I mean, can they, can they bring in... The international guys can they get the crowd at Marvel? I know, I know the footy games have been having like the crowds. Crowd things. The crowd good. in Melbourne is not an issue right now. Yeah, but who's to say in six months time? And that's the, I think we've got it pretty under control. I don't want to talk about fucking COVID. It shits me. Yeah. Um, but you know, we had what thirty-eight to forty thousand at Marvel. That's not even full capacity. No, not even close. I mean, what they have the footy the other day was like seventy five thousand or That's something at crazy. That's the G though. At the G, but you know, yeah. the, the crowd. Like are we back. can have the crowd. Yeah. We could have the crowd. The crowd's not the issue. It's are you going to be able to pull that crowd without the likes of the international riders well, coming in? Long and short, no. You need yeah. the international stars. But are you going to have any? Brayton would be probably one of the only ones that would probably come over and do the two week quarantine. There's no way any of them are doing that. No. No. Nah, no way. Well, what about Nitro Games? Because that's in Brisbane this year. Didn't think of that. Um, I Those don't, guys I, are going to have to quarantine. Yeah, but are they bringing over... I don't know if they're bringing over international guys. What, so it's just going to be the Australian... I know the Australian guys yeah, are yeah, dominating but, it anyway. BMX, FMX, all the best guys are Australians. Yeah, but you're still going to need the field. Like, what about Empire Kawasaki? They've got an international rider riding for them. That's true, actually. What's his name again? Uh, oh, I'm going to butcher it here. Yeah. Oh, hang on, I'm going to try and read it. Sorry. No, that's cool. It makes um, me sound like, not racist, but sounds make me sound stupid. Um, <laughs> shut up. No comment. Shut up. No comment, sir. Uh, here we go. Har- Haruki Yokohama. There you go. Yeah. Um, dude, here's... I, that, I, I did all right there. I was at the oh, uh, Taj Marshall Memorial Ride Day yeah. the other day, um, and he was there. It was at Nana Wadding. Uh, How was that? Well, I actually messed up. I was meant to actually dedicate this show to the late Taj Marshall. Um, For those of you that knew Taj, which a lot of the industry did, Taj was um, multi-time junior champ, you know, ran under the Lee Hogan um, Honda junior team, uh, won the 15 and 16 250 class at Junior Aussies, highly, you know, highly touted junior rider and unfortunately passed away a few weeks ago. Um, So we did the Memorial Day, we did the funeral Honestly, it was awful, man. It was terrible stuff, um, yeah. you know, for, for such a young man like that to to um, to not be with us anymore. is terrible stuff, but, you know, don't want to put it... I know it was tough on you. Cause yeah, you were, yeah, like, we were close. Like, Taj and I, you know, um, he rode under Hogs' team. He, he he trained me in the gym. We rode together a lot, um, you know, and you, you get a close bond with everyone you work with on that level. So uh, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to make a downer on the see, show, but yeah, I can this uh, this show is going out to you, Taji. So in uh, and, and yeah, um, the, the 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 Empire Cowie uh, team, was there. team was there, and uh, they're based around that area. Yeah, they? they're like ten minutes up the road. Yeah. So Haruki, what was it? Haruki? So Haruki was there. Dude is straight up about four foot nine. Like he is <laughs> tiny. Reminds me a little bit of Taka from back in the day yeah. that, that used to race over here. Um, but you see, like. It looks like he rips. Looks it, like he goes well. It's funny. You can always tell that those, and it's going to sound weird that I notice things like this, right? But the, you can always tell the Japanese riders are small, not because they're Japanese, but because they wear Arai helmets. 
Now, no one wears arrow helmets if you've got an adult head. Duran Stapleton, I'm talking to you, right? Because oh. they're, they're tiny, man. Yeah. Like, you ever put your head in one? Super comfy. Dude, I can't fit into high... I've got a massive head. I know, I can see it from yeah. here. So, you see get to look space. at it a lot, but I don't fit into a lot of helmets. No, but they are a very small helmet. Like, they're, they're a good helmet, but I think they're behind the benchmark now. There's no MIPS, there's no... No, they haven't evolved. Flex, nothing in them. But it's just a solid helmet. I mean, it's arrow. Yeah. Japanese construction... But um, this well, is me just having a hard on for. But he, he wears. He doesn't wear. Oh, he's wearing fox gear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shift gear because that's a team deal. Yeah. But is he wearing our helmet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if he's if he's wearing one while they're racing, but I've seen in all the all the preview stuff, all the testing that they've been doing with him. He's been in a custom painted. Super arrow. interesting. I wonder if he speaks good enough English to get him on the show because we'll find out. Isn't his wife um, his mechanic? That, really? I, I believe that's what yeah, I saw. I'm, I might be tripping. I'm out to lunch. It's like, I, I don't know. Anyway, that, that that would be... I notice things like helmets. Like I yeah, yeah. Attention to the actual important information. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that's as far as Supercross goes. It's going to be interesting to see where AME management go with it. We'll get Bailey on Adam Bailey on the show soon. Hopefully, we'll have a chat with him. Um, what time is it? It's... We we got a couple of minutes. Okay, we need to call me on. All right, let's chat American Supercross real quick because we <coughs> we never really did any shows to finish that up before we get into. No, we didn't. Daniel Milner. So Salt Lake City, silly, silly, silly. Salt Lake City finished off the series two rounds yep. over two weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, no real surprises. Um, Jet and Hunter going one. That three. was. And Hunter crashed and got up and still did that. That was the most impressive part. Yeah, to me. So uh, next year, like, look at Hunter. He came in, there was no expectations on him this year. Yeah. It, all the hype was on Jet. We all know Hunter can ride. Oh, I and don't for, think America first, still was convinced after... For the full, first full season of Supercross, he got second in points. He could have won it. Yeah. Like, he was this close. Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty incredible. Um, Jet rode, you know, to get the win in the last one. Yeah. Yeah, so let good. You, <laughs> did he let Shimoda win the, the week before? Either way. Still cool. It was cool to see Shimoda win. I mean, look, oh, yeah. the Salt Lake City Stadium looks tiny. It, yeah. And and I... We should ask Duran at some point. Dude, yeah, I would. Lo- I wish the time difference wasn't so bad over here to America. Where is he? Is he in Mar- He's Mar- California, Mar- yeah, yeah, which is like 14 to 16 hours behind or something. I can't remember, but mm. short of me staying up late or well, I do enough of that with the kids, but yeah, it's not going to... You don't reckon Duran's staying up late? No, but I mean... <laughs> You know what it's like. I mean, Duran was a car. Now he's a rider again, trying yeah. to get trying to get riders to do things. Yeah, no, he's going on Hollywood. He's not Hollywood. Duran is definitely not Hollywood. Gets, he's gets third in a heat race, or what? Do he get third in a heat race? No. He whole shot it, didn't he? He whole shot it. He's yeah. all Hollywood now. Whatever. Yeah, don't forget where he came from, Duran. <sighs> he he's killing it though. It's good to see. But um, Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb, just doing Cooper Webb things. Gnarly. There's no, there's no other word. Like no. I don't want to talk about it because everyone talks about it. Every it's already podcast. been spoken about. Like, there's nothing more you can say. But um, he wants it. He is the best dude on a 450 in Supercross. Yeah. And you know, if it's a smooth track, he's not the fastest. If it's all out speed, Sexton, Cincerillo, Roxon, Roxon has everyone covered for the first 10 minutes of a race. Like it's not even funny before um, the track deteriorates. And yeah. as soon as the track deteriorates, Webb. And this is coming from my coaching background, right? Like, if you... I don't know if people still use Lit Pros anymore. I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah. That kind of went away, but they're still around. But I guarantee you, if you had a Lit Pro on Cooper Webb 
compared to Ken Roxon. He wouldn't cover as much distance. Webb's end of moto distance yeah. compared to Roxon's would be short. like, I don't know how long it would be shorter, but it would be a lot shorter. Yeah. Like his ability to cut down. We reckon like, are we talking percent is like one or two percent? or like No, we're talking like, like more than that. Nah, like probably 10 or nine. I don't know. But like Roxon rolls the turns, corner speed's insane, but you mm. can't do that. Where Cooper's more point and shoot. Just well, that's turn. that KDM too. You know, it's, yeah, it's that steel frame chassis. Like, the, and everyone goes on about the Honda. You know, Hondas have always turned well. They turn incredible. It just is that. Does that you've ridden the new one? Does it turn that well? In it turns too well. Yeah, in stock form, it's it's actually not that fun to ride because it stands you up everywhere because it turns so well. But I don't know, man. Like the KDMs don't go through the whoops. Like it's it's easy to see that when you've got you know Coop and Marv and. They Barsha both and like the husky guy. Barsha was better this year on Gas Gas. Anderson, Dino, like none of them are killing it through the whoops. I heard an interesting thing from Chad Reed the other day where he was talking about KDM having the best traction control and the yeah. best electronics and how he's ridden the KDM and he was trying to get factory ECUs, but he felt it hurt him in the whoops. And, and that's all interesting stuff, but it doesn't matter because 10 minutes into the main, the whoops are gone no, and you got to jump through them. track anymore. Nah, it's, it's the we talked about this. It's the, the races are too long. Out. The races are too long. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna keep on my pedestal about this until they change it. <laughs> what? The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Feld's gonna be listening to you when well, did you ride for them. <laughs> 2009. 2009. Get over it, Grandpa. Um. Yeah. 2008. 2009. Um. Yeah, it's actually gonna be interesting. I um, think the the more interesting thing is this silly season that we're leading into. Obviously, everyone knows the Tomac Yamaha thing and. What not? You got Tomat Yamaha, Anderson Cowie, apparently. AP um, to Red Bull KDM. AP to KDM. So, um, which I, if I, you know, you'd think that AP, because obviously the Yamaha is due to change this year. Whether it will, I, I think it will. It is a new model, it's apparently. It's a new model in yeah. 22. Because 14, uh, sorry, 18 was their last. Yeah, and so, they did it in four year blocks. Yeah, and they did a point two version, which was 2021. 20, yeah, they sort of revamped it. Yeah. No, uh, 20, not, yeah, 2020. I yeah. tested it in 19. Yeah. So, 20. Yeah. So, yeah, it's done two years on the 18, 19 model. Yeah. Two uh, years two on the 2021. 2020, 2021. So, the 22 will be a new bike. Yeah. The Hon- it's going to be interesting. Um, We're also on the last year, like, they've obviously just released the KDMs, and this is the last year of the KDM cycle because they've gone back to an orange frame. That's true. It usually means that they're going to do something. There. Yeah. That KDM's yeah. been the same since, oh, not oh, uh, 18, 18, yeah, they've run that model. They, they, make, they make more small refinements than most Japanese manufacturers, but yeah. they also release gas gas and, you know, they've had a bit on their They're plate. So but sick. I want one. I know you do. You keep you keep telling me about yeah. that. and there's the small issue of I don't have any money. So, <laughs> so well, <laughs> contributing factor. You'll get there. Um, uh, yeah. All right, so we're going to get our first guest of the day. We're doing a day show, which is in something different. Yeah. Um, we're doing FaceTime or just normal? Uh, he, he's on holiday, so just do normal. You know, he's he lives in the bush. He's probably somewhere in the bush right now. Yeah, so um, Daniel Milner, KDM Factory Racing, is going to be on in just a second. And I think we've got him right now. Bought to you Hello. by Recoverate. Daniel Milner, how we doing, bud? I'm all right. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. What's uh, what's happening? You got the fam on holiday? What are you just uh, just dipping out for a mid-season break or what? Yeah, um, my wife sister lives up here in the Gold Coast, so uh, yeah, just come out to to chill for a couple of days. I think my, my wife and um, her mum and dad and sister they're they're staying up here for um, till Sunday, so they're like five days. But I've got to get back home and and get doing my hatter prep. 
Yeah, right. So, because there's actually quite a big uh, gap because the A they four the, the four day Australian four day enduro was meant to be in WA in between the AORC and Hatter, right? And then that got cancelled. Am I right? And that's why that big gap is. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. So I think the four day is actually meant to be around now. So um, that being cancelled, obviously they jumped the gun there with WA border uh, being pretty risky, but. Um, obviously, it's still open, I think, now, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and that's just the, the world we live in now, but it's, a, it's been, yeah, I think it's like a two two month break from, from our first round, so it's been kind of, I guess, a little bit difficult because you do all the pre-season, you bust your ass, and then you go race, you know, get results, and then they're like, all right, well, you've got another two months off now until you do your next round, and you're like, oh, yeah, sweet, right, well, what do we do? So, yeah, I'll just keep yeah. busting my, my ass for the next two months. Um so we we yeah, we're two rounds in the AORC, right? Yeah, so we did yeah the Saturday and Sunday, so they counted as you know um, round one and round two. So yeah, got them out of the way, so that was good. The uh, Golden Beach, obviously. Um, yes, yeah. Well, okay. I actually thought that we were more rounds in than that. So it's only been one double header. Yeah, because yeah, now it's cancelled. Yeah, because now uh, that's so right. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, two rounds beforehand, but then now again, if it's not one thing, it's the next day. So. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I wonder why they didn't run. Why didn't they run Nara in this big break now? Because the thing, the uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I think, um, I think obviously now that MA obviously are doing the motocross and off road, um, you know, motocross is next weekend. Um, yeah, I don't know what what their plans were, and then obviously Fitz coming up where uh, majority. Oh, well, I there's actually gonna be not f- that many. Yeah, how many guys many are going to be at Fink? Yeah, I don't think there's that many, to be honest. Um, obviously, our team's there, because uh, we've got uh, David Walsh riding for the KD, KDM team. So he, um, our mechanic Nick, um, obviously mechanic and him up there. Um, so all our trucks and everything, are, and uh, you know, everyone to do with the KDM group are going up to it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of, they, they were going to put it the weekend before that, but that was never going to work, so... Yeah, um, no, logistically, that's a nightmare. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. So, wow, you guys have only had – I mean, look, let's talk about Golden Beach because that track um, – I mean, I've seen the GoPro that you put out uh, of your eight-minute just – it was like Hatter in the deep, deep sand of Gippsland. Like, that track was gnarly, and you guys were going so fast. Like, how was that? Um, to be honest, my GoPro footage, that was the first run of Sunday. And the best thing about it, the club that ran it, um, they, which is my local club, they, they actually went out and prepped it. So they had um, a tractor and a big front-end loader on the Saturday night after Saturday's racing. So they went and prepped it. So that's why that looks so fast, because she was smooth. And we were holding them things wide open. I had the 500 reds around there. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was getting was like, scary. I was gripping my seat in the uh, in the computer chair, like watching that GoPro because, like, the thing's just on the bop, and then occasionally you just hear the oh, do, 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 where you'd hit a kick, you know, a little bit, and <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's I don't know that the the off road. I think more moto guys are getting respect, you know, especially with like Toddy and Luke Stike and all these guys. I mean, I know Simo and. And Mason and all these guys have come over over the years from from like motocross and Prime X, but uh, man, the the level and the speed you guys are at with um, you know, with AORC, like it's no joke. Like it's it's more like an eight minute or or endurance sprint 
you know, per lap or per, you know, the, the cross countries you guys do. Like it's not, it's not single track enduro anymore. No, it's definitely a lot more motor-related these days, especially Golden Beach. But um, this Saturday, you know, we were meant to race a three-hour and conditions were obviously that bad that that got called off and, and they turned it into a super sprint. And so what a super sprint is, it's it's um, a sprint lap, but around the whole cross-country loop, which the cross-country loop was like uh, 24 minutes long or 25 minutes long. <laughs> so that's a motor. So we did two of them. So we did pretty much a motocross day, you know, we did, um, we did our sight lap in the morning and then did two sprints. So that's pretty much, you know, two Pro MX, um, yeah, motos. two motos <laughs> at a qualifying session. Yeah. Cause you yeah, guys yeah. don't, you guys <laughs> don't cruise on the, on the sight lap either. You guys send it pretty hard right away. Don't you? No, I probably did when I was younger. I was dumber and just loved sending it. But now I kind of like try to acknowledge, you know, what, what's coming up and what, What's, uh, what to look out for, I guess, and where lines are going to change and stuff like that, where, um, you know, a lot, a lot of guys love it. They just hold it on. But, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is, is you know, memorising as much as you can because, obviously, it's not it's not a moto track, you know. We're not doing consistent laps around it. We're just doing one big lap. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot of track to remember. How did, how did you find there was a lot of guys uh, with the, coming into that round, there were certain tyres you weren't allowed to run? To save the property. That's a that's a good talking point. There was no paddle tires. So how did you find like does that change your preparation for that weekend? I know it's like a lot of people just think it's a tire, but there was a lot of annoyed people out there because they couldn't run a certain tire. Man, there were some keyboard warriors out there, that's for sure. They were all mouthy on, on the uh, Facebook and Instagram, but yeah, they weren't so mouthy on race day. But um <laughs> I mean I, it's hard to say, eh? like I, I the tire didn't mean Shit, to be honest, like it, the sand tires are obviously a lot better. Um, but the the reason of um, was they didn't want the property, which everyone knows the sand tire rips rips the ground up a lot more. It kind of gets you know them them sharper edge bumps um, with the sand tire. So um, you know it, it was just all over the the landowner, everything like that. They're just trying to minimise you know the the property getting damaged as much as it would. Where you had all them people saying why well, run it there and well, I don't yeah, know if, if you don't run it there, you're not going to run it anywhere. So, would, yeah, would yeah. you rather change your tyre or not have a round? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, that was my point too. So, um, yeah, I mean, we as soon as we found out that we weren't able to run a paddle, I just went straight to, you know, just running a normal tyre in the sand. And I went, uh, we normally run a 120. Um, we run Dunlop 33s. Um, where, yeah, we run the 120 18s on the rear and we went down to a 110 obviously just being that skinny tire in the sand um, and you know I honestly couldn't feel too much of a difference the only thing that, that I noticed was you know the track we practiced on instead of getting um, sharper edge bumps it kind of got rough yeah I mean and that's the thing too right if everyone's on the same tire it doesn't really make a difference like it's not an advantage or a disadvantage right um, yeah well that's that was the thing that you know that you know, made me a little bit frustrated with the people that were carrying on about it. It wasn't like the Yamaha tent got to run a paddle tire and, you know, the rest of the skitter, and it was like, we're all on the same boat, so we just deal with it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but people, especially in motocross, a lot of people don't actually read um, the full post or the full press release or whatever they it just is. They see no tire. No sand yeah. tire. Uh, uh, you know, everyone loses <laughs> their mind and then... You, you know, uh, we're, I've dealt with it that many times where you're like, did you actually read the whole thing though? Did you read the context to the statement, you know? 
Yeah, they read like the first, you know, sentence and then just have a blow up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I mean, um, no, nah, it's cool, man. I mean, look, that track looked insane. And, um, you know, seeing how fast you guys, you know, you specifically, because uh, you went outright and class, right, at, at Golden Beach? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I had a good weekend, I guess you'd say. Yeah, so cha-ching on the bonus checks and, um, yeah. yeah, just smoking everybody. That's what you want. Working holidays in Queensland. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up, just, you know. <laughs> We're, we're back off that COVID year. Let's start going uh, going hard again. But how's that been? I mean, it must be nice. Obviously, you know, we um, we hung out a little bit during COVID, and you were you were kind of you're not very good at sitting still. You know, you were going you know you were going out bush. You were building sheep stations and doing whatever other redneck shit you do normally. And um, <laughs> and uh, it must be cool to be back in your routine as far as you know training, riding, making money, and not having to worry about other distractions. Yeah, for sure. And, and it, honestly, you know, what we did last year, starting up the, uh, you know, the DM31, um, you know, development and stuff like that, that was that was cool. And, and you know, the hardest part now is, is trying to be able to do it this year with the amount of training and everything I've done. So that, that's the, uh, you know, that's the downside to getting back to racing and, and uh, you know, being back to doing normal stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It wasn't so bad last year, you know. Like I've been racing for so long and, and never had a full year off. Um, and then last year, having that, you know, I got the chance to not worry about diet and blow ahead a bit and, and get to relax. So um, <laughs> that side of things was nice. But then also, it has all been awesome being back racing and um, you know just getting them race day nerves again. It was it was almost like I had raced for you know ten years when we were at uh, Golden Beach for round one. Like it was. I was definitely nervous, which normally I just, you know, show up, go do my thing and, and uh, go from there. But it, it was fun. It was honestly, it was cool to catch up with everyone again. And um, I was just pumped to be to be back out there racing. It's, it's funny, right? Because obviously I, I haven't raced for a long time, but I, I know the nerves you're speaking of. But uh, we were at the first round of Prime X at Wontaggy. You know, you were there a few, a few weeks ago, last month or whenever it was. But it was... You know, whether it was a racer, like my, you know, my job role with the series with ID Media Group, you know, running a lot of the digital and the media and everything. And it was like Saturday was hectic, you know, like everyone was running around and, and you're trying to find your feet again. But I found, and I know it's exactly the same as a racer, like literally as soon as racing qualifying started on Sunday morning, and, and it would be the same for you when that first, not gate drop, when you're out on that site lap, like we've all been doing this for so long that once you're out there, it, it kicks back into autopilot and you're just like, oh yeah, what was I actually worried about? I know how to do all this. But it's like the build-up of when you're out of your routine. Um, so yeah, that, and I mean, for all of us, it was the best part of over a year, 18 months between events. So especially at the level you guys race at, I can understand the nerves, but I'm sure, you know, like I said, once you went out for that first, uh, first run, it, it all came back pretty quick. Well, I don't think... I was as nervous as what you were. I seen you running around on Sunday. You were like a me, and that was it was wild. You like spoke five words. When we were start, I was thinking like I'm gonna go. <laughs> you were gone. Uh, see what happens when I'm not there to hold you. Yeah, there, there was a lot going on. So yeah, you're probably right. You, you probably weren't as stressed as me for for no, your first no, event. I definitely was not that stressed. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. Yeah, I just said like as soon as as soon as you done know, like, you know, I was still a little bit nervous after that, but as soon as I got into the first run, honestly, like a minute into my first run, I was just like, it, it, it all just come back, you know, it was just, you, you and your dirt bike, 
out there racing. I mean, it would have maybe been a different story if it was a three-hour and we were banging bars. But, um, you know, it's just, yeah, as soon as you get back on that bike, it's just what you know to do and, and you just go in and do it. Yeah, yeah, understand. Like I said, it becomes second nature. I think I think the time off just makes you overthink what you already know how to do, right? But um, it's cool to see. So obviously, Hatter is coming up. That is started July. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you're not in for Fink, but you're in for Hatter. Um, when when was the last Hatter? That would have been nineteen. 19 and you that was got, a wet one. Wasn't that it? was the mudder that you won, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that full gnarly butter. That's right, yeah. Just <laughs> first two laps were normal and then the storm rolled in and game over, right? No, it was like first lap. It was <laughs> Oh really? Okay, okay. off the bat, just pissing rain. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> it was because uh, we only did four laps. Like obviously it's normally a eight lap race, but just the conditions got that bad that they had to, you know, call it short. Um, which I think was obviously the smartest move on, on their behalf and I think a lot of people's behalf, you know, every well, for instance, if, if a mate comes up to me and he's like, oh, you know, we should go buy a bike, what what bike should I buy? I just, I, the first thing I say is make sure you ask if that race was 2019 Hatter, and if it did, don't even worry about buying that thing. <laughs> yeah, was it at Hatter in 2019? Do not touch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the water that them bikes were going through and, and everything else was was pretty crazy. Um, so obviously Hatter preps in full swing. I've seen you guys been riding the – I guess, or actually, I don't want to say out loud where the sand location is that you guys have been riding on Instagram with the the Beatons crew, but um, I guess that's back open again, is it? Like, uh, it, it seems that way. Uh, I mean, it's touch and go. Like, there was, I went there on Monday, and um, the park guys kind of drove past, and um, I kind of hid, I guess you'd say. <laughs> 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 maybe not here, like I just kept on rolling on and maybe jumped off the track and rode somewhere else. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's there and it's probably not meant to be there, but we go do what we need to do. And, um, it's and go so from good there for it, though. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah, such a good place. I mean, it's, it's one of the funnest and roughest sand tracks I think we got around here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a shame that I think, you know, it got shut down because, uh, there was an accident there, and obviously it's on um, land that it's not meant to be. But yeah, I mean it is what it is, and hopefully yeah. uh, it's better than us guys being on four-wheel drive tracks having head on head on with a car or something like that. I think there was another like there was a lot of guys that weren't respecting the place either, leaving a lot of rubbish around and just treating it. Yeah, like it was the crap, non and that never the non racer guy. Like it's the problem. The, man, like, the racers are actually super respectful that go out to this uh, unnamed location. But if you know, you know. If you're listening, but if you don't, I think a lot of people know. <laughs> I mean, guys in the state and stuff won't, but they'll see the IG post. But yeah, it's it's literally the most fun you can have uh, with your pants on at a sand track. Like it is, except for that one you guys were riding the other day. That one is no fun at all. You know the one I'm talking about that you've ridden back in it is the deepest one um yeah that's no fun i, I got no time for that but um yeah <laughs> i get on pump within about two turns of that track because you can't roll anything you have to hop everything you know it's too deep yeah and them holes are getting like property too eh? like we yeah we made out there the other day and uh, you, you could park a bike in one and, and not even see it so it's, it's <laughs> fun like it's, it's hard doing 230s around there you got your tongue stuck in your sprocket by the end of it but Oh, for real. I mean, look, I used to say the kids I coached, I used to coach out there, and I, I remember you say you could lose a, like an 85 in there. Like, I actually remember a kid going down in one of them holes, and we couldn't find him. 
like I'm looking from the road, like where is he? And then all of a sudden this, you just see his neck and his helmet pop up like a little like mole coming out of its hole. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty out of control. Um, how good are dirt bikes though? <laughs> what do you do? I'm a professional coach. I lose kids in holes. Um, anyway, so yeah, had a prep, obviously, um, going for the dub, I'd imagine. Yeah, for sure. And um, we've been, we've already done our test day up at our property that we own up at Hopeton. So, um, yeah, we're. Yeah. You forgot about that, didn't you? I actually forgot about the whole Hatter Prep facility that you own (laughs) in in North Vic. There's a property that we actually bought for that race. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you guys are ever wondering why Milner's so good and he does things right, he bought a. He bought a piece of land. We were doing schools there, and then COVID um, ruined them. Ruined everything last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, wow, that is the the most. I still haven't been up there. I got to get up there with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I'm going up there this weekend, and I'll be going up there a heap more before Hannah. That's for sure. So, uh, I mean, it would would require me to ride more than once a month, and I don't know how I feel about that. But we'll get there. Um, well, you're better off probably getting there sooner than later because right now it's actually pretty smooth. But yeah, I'd give it another month or so and it, she won't be. The beauty of not being a professional racer is I can just go around the bumps. I don't have to care about going fast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that that obviously is a great asset for you guys to test and you can build your program. Um, uh, it, it'll be cool to see. So yeah, Hatter and then what's up after Hatter back into the AORC train, right? Yeah, and then it all gets you know, smashed into a, a few months. That's the, uh, you know, that's, I guess, where all our training's going towards is the, uh, after Hatter, I think, you know, two weeks later is uh, Kyogle. Um, so yep. then we fly back up here and, and race. Um, I think it's a, it's a two-day sprint. Um, and then I'm pretty sure, you know, every month from then on, we have a race up till, you know, October. Um, and, you know, one of the months there, we do have two rounds, which they're putting the hour in. So, um, that's probably the most that we'll be racing for a long time. You know, like it's it's all yeah with last year's crap that went on, and then obviously um, they kind of spread us out a fair bit. So um, yeah, it'll be good to to smash it out and try you know do as well as we can in that time. So two things. Um, I know Darnell's got a question for you in a second. Have you ever met Darnell? I'm pretty sure you yeah, have, right? Yeah. Um, I reckon, yeah. Yeah, Darnell's our producer and co-host. Um, so with the schedule, I know we talked about it. I can't remember if I chatted to you about it on a show or not, but we were talking about you doing some Prime X rounds this year. Is that is that still going to happen? Well, next round was, was my goal, but um, unfortunately got knocked on the head from the head guys. Um, I, yeah, it, it just, you know, that was, that was my goal. <laughs> okay. Long and short was, long and short was a, a no. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and, and uh, yeah, they pretty much. I just got saying back saying, no, Daniel, that's not happening." So unfortunately, <laughs> we won't be showing up to there, which I'm pretty devoted about, and and would have been good with such, you know, a long break that we have right now. Like my plan is to obviously try to do as much, um, you know, racing as I can to keep that race fitness. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we won't be doing a pro mix. Well, I mean, they got to protect their investment, right? You know, you'd think we'd see Q and P because it's a double header between. Pro yeah, Max true. And That's going to be interesting. Just tell them I'm here already. May as well just ride. 
Well, I'll be probably beat up and wrecked by then. You know, we do two race, two days race, and then they'll be like third day. I mean, I, I'm pretty excited to see how Toddy's going to feel after. Oh, I didn't even day. think about that. But uh, no, come on, I know how fit you are, dude. You could just ride your headlight straight onto the start, beep your horn, be like, I'm here. What's up, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do that, but I reckon I'd probably get lapped a couple of times. I think that's pretty cool what they're doing there, and um you know, obviously, it, it would be awesome if we were able to do that, but um, I can't see that happen either. But, yeah, we'll get to sit back and see what happens and go from there. So we've seen you out at uh, the Rosebud Sandblaster event the other week in the team race. I think you got the W there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, they've got a, we've got a Vic title there this weekend for the seniors. That's right, yeah. So just to give the, like a lot of our listeners a Victorian base, because we are, um, what what were your thoughts of the track and how do you think it's going to hold up this weekend? Um, honestly, I think that's probably one of the funnest sand tracks, um, you know, Ever. In, in Australia. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't got to do too much, but I, I, I honestly believe that that's, you know, it's the real deal. And uh, the, the club did an unbelievable job at prepping that track. Like it was, we first got there, it looked like a golf course. Obviously, it was, uh, it was really. How, how scary, I mean, probably not for you, but I mean, I don't care who you are because it's reliable to how fast you can go. The first laps of practice at Rosebud on a big bike when you can just go as fast as your bike can go, um, it's a little sketchy, isn't it? <laughs> like, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I was scared nearly all day until the last few motos when it got rough and it was fast. And what was scary was the pace that Duffy was running around there. That guy's a pig. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should have got down there, man. I don't live that far away. Like, I only got to one evening practice out there in summer, and it was – I've never I, – I had the biggest smile on my face because it was so fun. But you're right. Like, on a 450, if that track is – or even on your 500, which is just a whole another level of ridiculousness. But um, if that track's remotely smooth, like, the speed you can carry off them ski jumps up and down the hill and the two singles down that straight, like, it is – it's a little, um, little gnarly, hey? Yeah, it, yeah, and, and, and you know, like all you think about at that speed is, you know, how cool it'll be to have a front end tuck or something like that because you're just going to absolutely ride your body into the ground and the bike's going to tap you. So, oh, uh, man, I've got. I mean, I was, I was pretty scared. I've got the best photo of me from back in the day at Rosebud. The, the, the turn after the, you know, you go down the first turn drop and there's that right hander and like <laughs> fully committed, but I'm up like as in I'm doing a scrub, but I'm on my back and the bike is just crunching me because i've tucked the front i oh, i've got to dig it out it is it is incredible but um hey dan we've we've been on the phone for a, a little bit already and we've got a bunch of other guests lined up today so i'm gonna have to uh cut this one but always a great interview and um dan milner being brought to you on the inside dirt show by recoverate dan obviously recoverate hydrate you use these products uh, pretty often um with your program so i'm assuming at golden beach that came in pretty clutch as far as uh keeping you ready to go the next day yeah, for sure. Ice massing, uh, the hydrate flat out, you know, before and and after it. So, um, you know, I, I honestly believe that's the best stuff going around right now. And, uh, you know, it definitely helps with hydrate yourself. It does. It's good to see it's getting, especially in ARC, it's getting a lot of momentum. Um, yeah. You know, we I'm pretty involved yeah. with with the product and, and looking at the sales and, and the, the people that are buying it. It's, it's a lot of ARC guys are starting to get involved, which is cool because obviously – you know, the, the endurance you guys hours. need, it's 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 pretty important to have that. Three hours is where it's going to, you know, it, it helps us and that's, you know, the best 
the best area for it is uh, you know getting hydrated before we're going to go sit out on the bike for three hours of racing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gnarly, but uh, we we definitely. Well, hey, let's check in with you again before Hatter. I want to know. Um, put some put some Instagram footage up of you going Mac Ten at, at the at the property up in Vic. I want to see that. Um, yeah, for sure. We'll get it up here this weekend. All right, man. Well, hey, enjoy the rest of your time with the family, and um, yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks, Dan. No worries. Thanks very much. All right, see you, bud. All right, guys, Dan Milner being brought to you by Recovery on the Inside Dirt Show. He's so easy to talk to. Time just flies. Um, I'm going to text Trav real quick and just say we're going to be 10 minutes late. That's not like us. To be running late. We actually started the show on... On... Uh, oh. No, we were like within... It wasn't my fault for once, though. I was here on time. Yeah, but you also didn't do any of the setup. What do you mean I didn't do any of the setup? <laughs> I did all the setup. <laughs> I am the setup. I was working. Huh? I was putting drops you in. You were eating burritos. <laughs> oh, dude. I love... You did put some cool drops in. So. Uh, I love Guzman and Gomez. Mm. It's... Uh, if, <laughs> anyone, any executives from yeah. G&G are listening. Yeah. Hook, 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 hook us up. Hook us up. The inside dirt burrito. There you go. Yeah. Cali, be... Cali burrito. Chips on the side. But no, Milner, he's, he's really cool to talk to and uh, just killing it again in, in AORC. He's so year. fast, eh? Oh, it's, it's re- people have no idea. Like, you go out and ride with him, and it's, it is ridiculous. But he, this is the thing. I think people forget that. It's like he's um, Australia. You know, you got like, yeah, you know, your Australian pros, right, that he rides with. Other than like maybe Duffy is in like, Milner, you put him anywhere and he he, he will He'll win on a global level. You know what I mean? So I don't put him in the same category as anybody else in Australia in that sense because, you know, he he is literally the best or one of the best in the world at any off-road discipline. That's the thing. Like, the Australian motocross guys are coming through and obviously we're having a strong showing internationally at the moment. Oh, yeah. But our off-road guys, like, you look at someone like Chucky, for, for instance, like, killer off-road guy, goes to Dakar, like top finishing rookie, yeah. same as Pricey, same as I mean, it, it's good. Like Australia on a on a global stage is putting out some. If you're finishing in like the top, what top four or five at AORC, like you're a world class guy. Oh, you, you're a world class dude in in off road. Um, same as Primex. I'd say if you're a top five guy in Primex in, yeah. in MX, any class, yeah, really. MX one, MX two, MX one, MX two. You you go. Well, we know. Like you go get MXGP rides. Those guys, yeah, they factor in. You know they're. They're there, and you look at... I mean, the Lawrence brothers didn't really follow the whole Australian journey, but they, they're on a global, you know, another level. So, yeah. um, it's good to see, but... Um, all right, so we're going to call the Witten brothers in just a second from WBI Yamaha. Um, anything we need to talk... This is going to be a long one, too. So, is there anything we didn't really talk about with Supercross before that, or anything else we need to... I mean, we didn't... We've done the Prime X recap shows, but is there anything we've missed as far as what to talk about with Prime X? Uh, I mean, the first few rounds have been and gone. Um, yep. like Milner said, we've been pretty busy with the series, uh, with ID Media Group and our involvement. But uh, you know, the 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 reception, the events, you know, uh, other than Wathagi being the coldest possible race in the history of, of the that's, world, that's not anyone's fault. Um, it's been it's been really positive, so it's it's cool to see, and uh, the riders, the teams, everyone. It's great to be back racing. And know? it's awesome to be back at the races. And obviously, I did the first round with uh, AMX in yeah. the activation, um, and then. Came to Canberra in the capacity with you doing yep. doing my thing in the media tent. Yeah, um, and it's it's good to be back racing. Mm, it yeah. really is. And do you know what? Like I I don't really miss doing TV. 
No, and and this is like we talked about this on the on the AMX Moto Online recap show that um, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, first round, second yeah. round, like you, you know, you're not doing TV. But even I had this conversation with Lee Hogan because Hogan and I have talked a bunch uh, recently, unfortunately, around the fact that you know, young Taj passed away and we were really connected with, with him uh, via our programs. But, um, you know, I said to him, I'm like, mate, I, I don't envy your job. Like, he's doing he's doing what we used to do with NRG TV is and they do the live stream. So they do yeah. all of Moto1. They do the TV segments the day before and in the morning for like the, the AMX Super Pole and all that stuff. Uh, and then they do both motos of every class between TV and live stream. It's a long day and I don't do, think people understand that. Also, I seen a guy with um, Sean Featherstone from um, Raceline yeah, yeah. on the Saturday. I was watching a guy lay cable around the track for TV. I'm yeah. like, fuck that. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's I, look, I love doing NRG TV. And, we know, all if, did. If we, we all did. If, we, if it came, you know, if we had to do it again, of course I'm going to say yes. Like yeah. I, I love going to the track with the NRG crew and doing that. What you're saying is people underestimate how, how much, much work, work a live TV production is. Um, yes. And, and yeah, you know what? I um, Do I miss it? Yes, but... And you, you had the what? easy part of it. You just had to sit there and talk. Yeah, you say that, but when you have to talk all day yeah. and, and keep it moving, like, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, it's very tiring. Well, I was talking all day, too, to camera operators, other producers, directors. Yeah, yeah, I know. Jimmy Allen telling him to <laughs> run around, get me coffee. Yeah, and then you'd have to go dig out cables. But anyway, yeah, long story short, is, is it going to be back at Primax? We're at Gilman. Um, next week? Next week. So, okay, well, that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll preview. Are we, doing, are we doing a Gilman preview right now? Sort of? Or are we doing well, a Well, we kind of need to talk to Trav. Uh, because I said I call him at one forty-five, and it's like 2 o'clock already. So, um, all do right. we do a preview show next week? No. Okay. No, we don't have time. Sorry. <laughs> this, this is like three uh, hours of the working week that I really... Um, don't have. Yeah. Don't have right now. But it's all good. Um... We'll, I tried, we'll call this. We'll, we'll call this. This is like I said. We're not doing preview shows anymore, but we will cover like Primex previews in these inside dirt shows between each round, right. along with other disciplines, because we got listeners that that ride off road that do all sorts. And um, so let's call Trav, and maybe we'll as we talk to Trav, we will um, we'll also cover Primex clearly. So um, Trav Witten, Trav, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that one. Yeah, the one that says Travis Witten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut with up. WBR and Shut the, the company. Shut up. <laughs> um, Coming off is stupid. <laughs> All right, I think we've got him on the line now. Trav, how we doing, buddy? Yeah, very good, thank you. Thanks for having us on. All good, mate. Is it you or yourself and Nathan or just you, mate? Just myself today, yeah. Nate's actually busy, daily grind and getting yeah. the dealership out then. So, yeah, yeah. I know the dealership keeps you guys super busy. Um, but obviously, I had both of you in the Instagram group last night talking about... Uh, talking about doing the show today so Trav obviously I'm with um, Darnell uh, our producer and co-host you guys obviously know each other from being around the races um, yeah how are you Darnell good mate how are you very good thank you so Trav last, I missed you last night and I was like man um, we've got to get you guys on I've been meaning it and we will do this we'll do more of a one-on-one in-depth interview about like the history of WBR between like the dealership uh, the race team and how it's gone from way back in the day being like a junior program support program to now like you are you know a, a factory back Yamaha squad that has won titles at the pro level and, and <laughs> that was a really quiet way to open that drink um, <laughs> I'm just cracking a Red Bull <laughs> through the afternoon <laughs> um, you know it's been an incredible journey for you guys and it's super 
I mean, man, I've, I've, I've owned race teams. I know how hard it is to do what you've done and, and, and the endless grind of, of trying to make it work. So we will do a long form with that because I really want to get into the nitty gritty and how you guys have, have, have pulled that off. But um, I think the WR, uh, WBR setup's a little bit more in depth than what yours was. Yeah, no yeah, doubt, yeah. no doubt. Um, See, have a grace. Yeah, it was, it was. But I, I mean, I'm saying it's, it's. I yeah, can, we know. I can relate. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, um, so getting into it, Trav. Obviously, big year for you guys. Um, other than Bailey, unfortunately, stepping away with injury, you've got a full house of uh, of riders over there. Um, and, and yeah, sort of the same thing every year. We plan to have two, and then. Um, we get soft-hearted and want to help as many people as we can. And before we know it, we're a full truck every year. But um, that's the only way we know how because we just sort of, I suppose, our whole story is built off passion for the sport. So, um, yeah, always looking to try and keep people in the sport and keep going too. So. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. exactly right. Like, you guys really are in it for the right reasons. Um, I'll be honest, like, my race team went away pretty quick because I didn't really have a clear path for it to turn a profit. And and, and that's probably not a good thing to, <laughs> to say, but, it, it, you know, I didn't have a – you know, you guys have the dealership. You can kind of offset things, I'd imagine. And we're not here to talk about the business structure, but uh, man, it is expensive to go racing and you guys find a way to make it work, but you're you're in it for the right reasons and you're helping the riders to go racing, which is really cool to see. Yeah, I think the big thing that worked for us is um, we aren't a big budget team, but so we didn't have the money to come in from day one. Like you see, a lot of the big teams, they come in with a big splash for one, two, three years maybe and then gone. So we had to start off small and build up from there. So, um, each year learning how to, you know, make them, you know, cost offset, like you said, and making it make sense. So I think that's why we've been able to stay around for a while and be able to build year on year is because, you know, each year you're learning and each year you're just trying to grow a little bit, not trying to come in with a big splash from day one. Yeah, for sure. And it's been, it has been sustainable. It's been really cool to see the growth. And like I said, you progressed from uh, a, you know, a, a Kawasaki. Why is this? <laughs> Sorry, I had a call coming in. Um a you know a support pro he must be on my favorite because i've got it on do not disturb and it still came through um you know kawasaki then yamaha you know support program factory backed and and doing everything you've got now i mean this year you've got um obviously young max purvis that um i'm not sure how that deal came about acquiring him obviously you know yamaha new zealand would want him involved and yamaha as a group would want him in the series um i found it interesting that he actually landed with you guys because uh, you know you'd think maybe the the Yamalube Yamahas or, or your Circos or someone like that would end up housing like the, the New Zealand MX2 champ. So let's maybe start there. Like how did you end up getting Purvis for the year with the 450 ride? Yeah, our whole relationship with Max started um, through our speed in the under-19s team um, a couple of years ago. So yeah. um, Max was in a position where he could really fight for that title. Um, that's when he went sort of down the wire with Duffy and it was a, it was a great year. Um, so our relationship started there with Max. And then with the rule changes this year, which I – Think's been awesome with the MX3 class. Um, how we can take juniors in. Um, talking with Yamaha, we sort of changed the direction of our team a little bit from that um, MX3 class to more still a development role, but in MX1, MX2. Yep. And yep. Um, yeah, then just when we're trying to field talent and find spots for them, Max is someone certainly with uh, ticks the talent box, and someone has a great relationship with Yamaha, obviously New Zealand and and Australia. So. And he actually lives only an hour from us when he stays over here. He's got family over here in Cobram. So, um, that's right. I suppose when you, yeah. when you put it all together with location, already us having a history with Max, um, and yeah, just being a good fit in that way. And Jack, who mechanics for Max, they're nearly best mates now. I've known they've only known each other sort of two years. They're 
you know, they're pretty much best mates. So it's um, pretty cool. It's Max works in really well with our team. So I think that's where the fit is so good there. And I think that sort of helps us be able to get the most out of Max too because we sort of have a pretty good friendship with him and we can keep a – he's a pretty wild boy sometimes. So we've got to keep a short <laughs> leash on him and, and get him doing his thing. But, no, he's a lot of fun to have around. Uh, that's a that's a, a good point where you guys are located with the team like it's a a pretty unusual spot like normally you see a lot of teams are closer to the bigger cities but you guys are out there in Echuca obviously that's where your dealership is um, I think it's really cool that you make it work from I wouldn't say a remote location but it's it's, it's definitely quite different not, it's not suburban that's for sure yeah that was always like me and Nate's biggest worry when we first started was oh, how are we ever gonna make a run of this being where we are like you know we're born and bred here, so we're sort of never going to move. And then the dealership side, we always thought, oh, we're never going to be that big of a dealership. Our population's not big. We're a long way from the city and that sort of thing. But I don't know. It's just over years, we've actually, well, we're actually Yamaha's biggest Victorian dealer now. I was so going to say, there's, to think, yeah, there's, yeah, there's um, a lot of guys. There's yeah. a lot of guys from around Victoria and New South Wales that would drive a long way to pick up a bike from you guys. Well, I think I was going to say, that's a testament to your culture, Trav, is that yourself and Nath, like you are in. Like skin in the game, you guys live and breathe it, and that goes a long way as far as people want to be involved with you guys and what you're doing. And I've noticed that more and more. You see, like you said, Donnell, like guys from you know southeast. We're 30 minutes. Like our office right here sits on the freeway to Melbourne. You can be in the CBD in 40 minutes. Plenty of dudes around here have driven the four hours to get to buy bikes and be involved with your program. And and even young riders that I used to coach back when I was doing that, you know, like I would say, go buy bikes from Trav and Nath. Not, not because they're going to get on your team or, or whatever it was, but because you guys are actively going to see what they're doing and, and you're involved in racing, which goes, even if you just walk in the door and, and you know who these racers are, that goes a long way because a lot of dealerships, like, they're pretty out of touch with the racing scene. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think that's been our strength and that's what we play to is trying to relate to those guys and, you know, it's not always about price driven. It's more, you know, relating and showing them a pathway and, you know, and just enjoying the process of them buying a motorcycle and us seeing them enjoy it. So it's been a pretty good journey in that, in that way. I sort of look at it as like I was the big super fan back in the day and I'd go to a national round, pay my entry to go in and be the one standing at the truck staring in, just can't believe the, the bikes and can't believe the atmosphere at all. And, and I suppose that's how our whole business model's grown just off that passion of, like you see the young kids these days in the same boat as we would have been back when we were kids, but we just never stopped and we had to find a way to be involved and, you know, it was through buying a dealership and, you know, and hard work and years and years and years, I suppose. But, but yeah, our passion is pretty deep in the sport and I think that relates to them customers and that's why our dealership's been able to be successful and the race team's been able to grow. Yeah, you can't, you can't fake that real, real, you know, real recognise real and that, that's one thing I will say about you guys and, and, and that's why, like I said, I want to do a one-on-one with you because the journey's incredible but also the fact that, you know, you guys are just fans of the sport and I don't know, like I'll be honest, I'm pretty enthusiastic, like I have a lot of passion for the sport but... <laughs> It, it is on more of a business level. Like I still love riding. I still love going to the races, but like, I don't know if I could, like what you guys have done is a grind, you know? And, yeah. and, and even like, I see you guys at, at Canberra and, and, um, you know, I bump in here uh, in the pits and, and like the first thing they says to me, is like, Hey man, where was the previous show? We wanted to listen to it on the drive up. And I'm like, you guys <laughs> own a team and you work in a dealership. Like, do you really want to listen to us talk about motocross on the drive to Canberra? You know, but, um, you live it, man. You guys love it. It's it's just really cool. Uh, it's certainly unique that me and Nathan are brothers, business partners, best friends, 
and we work all day in the industry and then even when we get a spare minute we're like you're saying we're if we're traveling to an event we're throwing on a podcast about the about, about the, the industry or yeah. about yeah. Thing, you know, yeah. another stop for us, I suppose. But much to our partners um <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they are stoked on that. No, it's cool, man. I mean, I haven't spent a whole bunch of time with your family. I've met, met your parents a few times, obviously, and and you can tell you guys come from good people. They're, they're super humble, and 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 I mean, you just got those country values, man. It's cool. Um, it's really cool to see. Uh, you know, so obviously Max, and then you've got Liam Andrews, um, Alex Larwood. and Alex Larwood. So Alex is. I mean, look, Liam, super underrated kid. I think without that head injury a couple of years ago, you see a different career path for him but he'll figure it out Alex obviously is just next level talented and um, is on that road to I think MXGP and international success because what he's doing at such a young age is very impressive yeah we've been blown away um, we've always sort of said oh, like, even from watching him in juniors we're like this kid could be good like his last year of juniors at the junior nationals he just you know, really did well and pretty much should have won every race other than a bike problem but um, and killed it. And then from there, we went and did that pre-race at Canberra, which was really sort of his first showing, like he's in against Clout and Malros and all the guys on 450. So he wasn't expected to do well. And he probably on paper didn't do that well. But straight after that event, I sort of, me and Nate go, geez, this kid will, you know, will win in this class one day. Like you could just see it from that event. And um, it's probably come sooner than we thought. Uh, the, the thing at Wonsaggy, like, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, top five would be nice. He rides that track a lot, and there is some, you know, sort of things in his favour at that track. And then to come out and qualify second and show the speed he did really blew us away. And then showing the same sort of speed again at Canberra, but unfortunately just sort of didn't go his way. Maybe um, a few things that, like, as he learns of being a rookie, how to, how to get through the field and things like that, and not to rush things. And as he works it out and pieces it together, he's going to be certainly a, a talent and certainly someone who can win that class for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I think a few rookie mistakes at Canberra, but that's got to be expected, right? Um, yeah, for sure. And that battle was pretty hectic that he was in. It would have been easy to get carried away like he did. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, we're, we've talked about it. I don't think he's done anything wrong and I don't think you would change anything. It's just... Um, no, nah, it's, know, it's racing, man. You can only, yeah, you can only learn as you... How um, you, um go through the steps? How's he looking for round three? Because I know he, he had that little injury in the second moto there. Yeah, we've been talking most days, and um, so his shoulder did get um, dislocated, so he yeah. did have to have his shoulder put back in. Um, he's been working with John Parks and the physio. He hasn't actually ridden yet, but it's all been positive movement, strength, that sort of thing. Yep. And yep. plans to be on the bike, hopefully even t- uh, tomorrow or Saturday, and um, see how it goes actually on the bike. But talking with him, he's very positive and. And super keen to actually try and get back and make sure he's ready for the next round being his home round. So, well, working with JP is always a good thing. Yeah, but John. John if knows you're going to be working up. with anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, as much as I like going to see John, I hate going to see John because he's just got the biggest hands in the world that just destroy you every <laughs> time. There with my knee. And yeah, like, I'm good. Again, like we're super central. Like John, John Parks. Uh, ten minutes down the road. Like ten minutes down the road. Yurive, factory well, Hondas, like across the street. So we're we're. We're deep in the in the industry here, but um, yeah, Johnny Johnny knows uh, knows how to get riders back in the game. And I mean, I guess for Alex, it could even be a case of he's just got to take some points at this round. It's his it's his home rounds. So you got to think that even if he just rides around, he should be able to be a fifth, sixth place guy within re- rides around. Is the wrong word, but he wouldn't have to put it all out there to be competitive. You know? Yeah, he had an awesome showing there. Actually, the weekend before Canberra, they had the South Australian title. Yeah. They yeah. only managed to get the win there against um, really fast guys. So 
um, yeah, Petraki certainly knows, and he had success there with the junior nationals, and Petraki certainly knows, and I'm sure it's been probably tough for him. He's, you know, 17 now and living away from home. His family are all back in South Australia, so he doesn't see him very often on race weekends. So I'm sure he's eager even to that point. It'd be good for him to see his family and, you know, feel more like at home than uh, living out of and He's not really living out of a suitcase, but, you know, it's not going to be easy being 17 and being away from home. I'd struggle without me mum at that age, that's for sure. But, yeah, it's, look, yeah. man, that, that really shows the kids that want it, you know, because I think... this is the double-edged sword with our sport and I know you've gone through this with the junior team and riders you've helped over the years is that you need your parents support in this sport there's there's just it's family backing financials until you get that ride that sets you free financially you need that help right but with that there's a lot of kids in this sport that are 21 year old man children that don't know how to do anything for themselves because they live at home mum washes their gear does their laundry does their food you know, they go to yeah, the track, they come see. home. Like, they they don't know how to do it themselves. And look, this is no dig on it's anybody. 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of weekend dad for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what, you tell me Tate's not doing your washing? We split the washing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We got kids now, it's different. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what I'm getting at, right? Like, there's so many kids in this game where you're like, he's got so much potential but he's got to leave home and go with a training program or he could go overseas. But you know, if that kid went overseas and went and lived in a fucking one bedroom shack in Lommel above a, a race team factory that it, it would be, it work, yeah. yeah, he'd be home within a month, yeah. you know, like yeah. Yeah. It, riding the dirt bike's just a part of it. Yeah. You've got to yeah. have the fortitude and the strength to be able to, to, to leave home. And I don't know Lyle that well. I've chatted to him a couple of times. He's a pretty quiet kid, but um, you know, he seems like he's, he's pretty headstrong. Yeah, no, for sure. He, he definitely wants to do it for himself and he, he's definitely a gamer. He's a bit of a, you know, turns it on on race day and, um, yeah, it's a lot of guys you see really fast at practice track, but he's one that can actually even step up at the race day. So it's pretty cool to have those sort of kids to work with because, um, you know, that's something, even back in my run, it was something I really struggled with was, you know, really being that, you know, bring your A game on the on the day, which he really does. So, yeah. yeah, he does, man. And then, um, obviously, Bailey, now, was Bailey Barquist riding MX1 or MX2? Yeah, it's the MX1. Um, it was a real late, late yeah. sort of thing. So, our actual with Yamaha is we sort of have two guys under that Yamaha Motors banner, which is Max and um, Alex. Yeah. Um, and then Bailey was meant to stay in Europe, but it all got pretty tricky and I think COVID and everything sort of got hard and it was sort of a last minute thing that they decided they wasn't going to work and they'll come back home. And um, just through our relationship with Bailey and, you know, just sort of talking when he was coming home that, and talking with Yamaha, we sort of got to a point where we could put something pretty cool together to hopefully see him run up front and, um, yeah, and he still the goal was to end back up in Europe, but come home and show what he could do as well and, um, yeah, to keep progressing his career. Yeah, it's a shame he had that injury because I actually think that he would have surprised a lot of people on that 450. From from what I was hearing and how fast he was going before he got hurt at Warnable at the the pre preseason race. Um, yeah, I still have people tell me how quick he was at Warnable, which was the only ride he actually did on our bike before <laughs> before yeah. I come to a stop. But, but Warnable's yeah. a yeah. fucking terrible yeah. track. Well, I was going to say you're from Warnable, <laughs> yeah, which it explains a lot. But um, <laughs> Warnable, it's hot. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is Warnable is one of those tracks where for him to be so much faster than the other pro guys that were there, that's hard to yeah. do because yeah. that track is built in a retarding base, and it's well, it's so hard to be faster than anybody else because it's very high speed and and. 
I, I enjoy the track, but um, it's hard to race there. It's all start-based. But, yeah, from what I hear, he was on another level. Uh, it's a shame he got hurt. But, again, super cool that maybe this is something to expand on, Trav, because, I, you know, this has always fascinated me with, with Yamaha, and perhaps I don't know why other manufacturers don't have this model. But they have a 1,000 riders? No, it's not about the amount of riders. It's the fact that they have what I would call, like, they have, like, asset groups, right, where okay, they're going to invest in... Um, they don't have an in-house team. Other, well, Yamalub is, but you've got CDR. You've got CDR. You've got Serco. You've got Yamalub Yamaha, which is you know Scott Bishop's deal. Um, and then you've got WBR. So you've got like four pro teams, and and you guys in the past have been the the MXD MX3 team. Um, and, and yeah, the, the thing I think Yamaha, which you got to give them a lot of credit. Like you'll talk to them, they'll even help junior riders at a really high level right through. And they'll get done with a rider in juniors, and this they still really try so hard to keep that rider in the senior. And then even if they have a bad year, they're always trying to, you know, they're pretty loyal to their riders, really, uh, more so than what riders are back to a company. It's, it's actually blown me away how much they try to find spots for their guys. Pretty that's cool. that's yeah. it. You see a lot of the guys who come through the YM program, yep. uh, like Cam Taylor or. Um, is it Shane Metcalf? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. You see a lot of their guys transition into, you know, obviously Liam Andrews was. It was a Yam- was junior a, guy, was yeah. It was a Yamaha junior guy. Cody Dice was the yeah. same. And you transition into those rides. So it shows that they ha- they're invested in the rider. Um, or well, again, it speaks why it speaks volumes of culture. As in, I mean, I'm not involved with the Yamaha whatsoever, so this isn't anything of an endorsement. It's just the truth. But, you know, it's just a smart business model. I know they invest a lot in racing compared to other colours. Um, but, you know, like I said, for you guys, it's like, you know, this year, okay, well... I know in the past, like the Yamalubi Yamaha team was your model now. Like they had Richie Evans on a 450 and they had Jay on a 250. Um, that was kind of the home for those guys that weren't on factory teams. Well, now that's what you guys are doing. So they, they rotate the funding and the model across all these team assets that you guys have. Um, it's just such a smart way to do it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd like our biggest goal now would be like, it'd be such a thrill for me to see like one of our riders, go from us through to a CDR or something like that would be, you know, it's, mm. it's cool to see that you help them take the steps and get to get to that next pinnacle. Yeah. I think you've got some riders in your team right now that are very capable of making that step. If yeah, not, for and, sure. And it's going to be sad for me to see them go, but um, yeah, hopefully they keep progressing through the, through the sport, that's for sure. Yeah, that is a tough role that you have to play that development um, role, but I mean, it's still super cool that you're able to do that. Um, I mean, that was the premise of my team. We were supposed to be a development program. Um, we had a rider in each class. Like that, that was the goal, you know, to be that stepping stone. It's, from like a, it's almost like a satellite team, but not like it's an in-house factory. It's it's weird. It's like if you ever watch MotoGP, you've got the factory Yamaha team, but then you've got the Patronus Yamaha team, which is also sort of factory, but not factory. Yeah, yeah, it's it's privately somewhat outsourced, but I mean, obviously the relationship with the dealership. So you guys sold the Yamaha up there. Yeah, so Yamaha dealer. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. That's that's kind of rare these days as well to have a dealer that's just just one, one color. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose um it works best in our interest. Like if you, I don't know, I look at it. Say if I go into a, a multi dealer store, they're probably going to sell me on on price or quantities that they've got or something like that. Where I don't know for us, we can focus on one thing. We know the bike so much better than the multi dealer, and we can offer advice on even to the point of, hey, when you pick this up at this many hours, make sure you check this bolt because this bolt's known to be a bit loose or this over here. You know, our, our knowledge becomes so much better and our, um, there's no 
trying to you know straddle a line of saying this bike's good, but then also this bike's good. We sort of you know we know our bike, we know, and I think it works to our strengths just to be a sole dealer in that respect. We go when you talk racing, that's such a you know racing. You got to bleed your color, and so if we were racing and then trying to sell other color bikes as well, I don't think it'd work as well. Yeah, that's that's all valid points. Um, so. You guys have got the online. Is the online store up and running now? Yeah, yeah. So Nate's pretty computer savvy, much more than me anyway. And, yeah. um, Don't know what that's just, like. We've, we've start, started with um, trying to push an online store. It's still new to us. It's only something we've only been just in the in the got to get with it to stay with it sort of thing. Like we can't fall too far behind. It's something we haven't done much with since we started the business. So yeah, we're certainly trying to get into that online space a bit more. Yeah. I mean, in 2021, if you don't have an e-com platform for your business, you are, you're getting left behind. And even if it's just to engage your existing customer base, I mean, you and I chatted a bit about this last year and, you know, even if the guys from the Southeast or, or from, from West Vic or, or New South or wherever they're driving to buy bikes from you guys and, and parts, you know, that, that online store can facilitate them staying in touch with your brand, buying product from you guys instead of somebody else. Like, it, it makes a big difference to, you know, the touch points for the dealer where you're not isolated to your region, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you got another guy just before we let you go mm-hmm. that you guys help out a little bit. Um, Carl Makem. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Doing a variety of things <laughs> <Yeah>. between <laughs> flying planes, crossing rivers. <laughs> Coaching, yeah, giving away one tens. How was that for you guys? That one ten giveaway that you teamed up with Kale to do? Yeah, pretty awesome. That was all initiated from Kale, really, and he got us on board. And we're thinking, oh, how's this going to work out? But it's actually been a really cool thing. Um, Kale managed to raise great funds, and the guy who won it was well deserving, and everything's pretty cool. So Kale's been really fun, actually. He's uh, if we go back, 2016 was Kale's finish riding for Factory Suzuki. Uh, on the 450 deal, didn't have much success, had a few injuries and sort of had nothing for 2016. And we were still just the privately thing, but we would just move to Yamaha and he lived pretty close to us, like an hour away. Yeah, so he's a local guy out there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Approached him to do something and it actually ended up being the best thing I could have ever done. Like I've learnt more from Kale in that one year than I probably learnt, you know, from a bunch of guys over a bunch of years. So he's been really helpful for me as far as what I'm, to learn what riders need and how to go about it at a more of a professional level. That was a big learning year for us and had some success and our relationship sort of never gone away from there. We've always followed Kale with whatever he's been passionate towards or, or wanted to do. And he's doing a lot of coaching and doing good with that. And, and just, he's actually going to do the one, two, five cup at, um, yeah, I saw that he's on, uh, Gilman, which is cool. On, yeah. a, on a 125 branded with your, your whole deal on there. Um, is, uh, yeah, we built, we Longy built it for Longy. Right? Nah, we built it for Longy and, um, unfortunately Longy's got a sore groin. So you have to, had to pull out, so um, and then the offer got put to Kale if he wanted to ride the bike, and he'll make that thing. It out there, and I remember how fast he was on that two-stroke back in the day, riding you know MX2, and I think people forget that about Kale. I mean, he was fast. He was super fast, and he, I mean, he's won MXD titles in the Supercross. He is he's been a top three guy in MX2, battled with the likes of Luke Stike and and everything back in the day. Like he was a legit guy, and I think maybe some injuries and maybe funding on a 450 a different way his career could have gone a little further um for sure but yeah it's cool to see because i you see a lot of the pro guys like they step away they work they buy the house they do that whole deal and then a lot of them don't ever come back and then i started seeing that fire in cal you could tell he started doing content he started doing coaching and 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 again coaching is a super hard grind like it has a shelf life you can't i don't think you can do it forever but like right now he's going super hard across all of it and uh it's really cool to see man but um 
All right, Trav. Hey, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, let's let's schedule a time soon to get you and Nate together, and we'll do a proper one-on-one. You know what we should even do is we should do it at a round of Prime X. We'll do it like on the Saturday night or something. We'll do it. Yeah, at, that'd be epic. Let's do it in the truck. I'll bring the gear one round. We should do that. Um, yeah, it'd be real keen. That'd be awesome. All right, cool. Um, all right, before we go, because we've been kind of doing this is sort of somewhat the preview shows now for the next round of Prime X's. Um, what are your picks? Top three MX one, MX two for Canberra. No, not Canberra for Gilman. Gilman. Stamp it. No, you can't be biased. You can't be biased. Yeah, can't be biased. It's a hard one. The 450 class is actually so cool this year in the fact that there is the depth and you really can't pick it. Um, I don't know. I'd have to say I'd, I'd look for Medi to bounce back just having that South Australian crowd around him. He didn't have the greatest round at Canberra, but so I'd be looking for him to bounce back. Um, yeah, Reagan Medi. sort of can't put a foot wrong at the minute. He's really charging forward even from bad starts. So you'd put him in the top three and Clout, I think he's on a mission. He wants to get those points back. So. If I was going to pick a top three, I'd, I don't know what order, but I'd throw them three at it. Okay. And then okay. Hope, hopefully Max on their heels trying to trying to throw one in there. But And he then MX2. speed in qualifying at mm. Canberra. He sure did. Yeah, his speed's not the problem. It's just consistency and, and bringing it every time. But he's been working on that. And he's Does only he... got better. He has, hasn't had much time on the 450, which a lot of people sort of forget. And each week we seem to be making progress with him. So I'm excited to see what he brings. But I've uh, seen that kid. Around. I've seen that kid. I've been at a Supercross track at someone's house. And I've seen him roll out. I think it was when he was riding for you guys, actually, um, on a on a different colored bike. With I'm pretty sure he just had a helmet on, and he, <laughs> he was like, "I'm just going to roll the track and have a look." And the next minute, he's seat bouncing three in, on off in these rhythms, <laughs> and and then he seat bounced the bike bogs out. He nearly goes over the bars and dies, and he's just laughing about it and rides off back to the shed. And I'm like, "This kid has got so much talent." Like it just oozes out of him. <laughs> the first time Max comes to stay at our house, um, we've got a 110 track and he's 110. So always get out and have a bit of fun, and, you know, that sort of thing, get to know people. And he's just out there, like you said, helmet on, nothing else. And yeah. and hooking around. I think the bike actually ran out of fuel and he had to step through the bars over <laughs> this big jump <laughs> after that. So now we don't let anyone ride 110s after that because we're worried. He, like, he likely didn't hurt himself. It was pretty pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I can, picture, I can picture you needing to be a wrangler for him, just keeping him out of trouble. Yeah. But um, <laughs> all right, man. And then, yeah, MX, and then MX2, you'd have to, yeah, Webster killing it. So you'd have to certainly throw him at the, at the realm. And then I think the Circo boys, um, Dobson with his collarbone now, you know, going to be more healed. He's going to certainly, he did really well at Canberra considering what he went through. So, really um, well. you'd have to throw in there. And Crawford, I think, certainly getting stronger too because he sort of started the year with the injury as well. And, and Crawford's then, um, on a need to win, like right yeah, now, yeah. because if he doesn't stop the bleeding from Webster, he like, I think you're going to see him really up the ante at this round. But you're right, Webster's going to be so strong at Gilman again. And then if and, Alex's, Alex's shoulders, as good as we hope, I'm, I'm sure he'll be in the mix as well. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, all right, Trev, thanks for your time today, man. I appreciate it. And we will um, we will see you next weekend at, uh, at Gilman. And, yeah, let's schedule it around. Definitely not one of the rounds down south where it's cold. We'll do it at Queensland or something where, where it's hot and we can <laughs> hang out at night. <laughs> uh, that's the biggest thing I love about Victoria and racing a national championship. We get to go to Queensland in the middle of winter. And that's yeah, like yeah perfect. <laughs> I, I'm not stoked on going to Albury before that, but uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I don't think cool. people, everyone's like, oh, one thank he's cold. Like, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> like, we're going to go to <laughs> yeah, Albury exactly. in July. But well, Shepherd and Rounds in July, we're always. It'll be, it'll be as cold up there, dude. It'll be as cold I up lo- there. I love every time all the Queensland, like Circo, come down here. They, 
Gabe always walks past and goes, how do you live here? Like, yeah. They do, <laughs> I eh? just feel sorry for them. We enjoy going up there, but they don't obviously enjoy coming here in the middle of winter. Yeah, it's not so <laughs> bad, man. It's it's only the few weekends of the year or weeks where it's freezing. But uh, anyway. Just when the races are on. Yeah, just when there's a rotor across event scheduled. But all right, Trev, thanks for your time, man. We'll chat soon. Cheers, boys. All right, see you, bud. All right, guys, Trav Witten there from WBR Yamaha, the WBR dealership. Check those guys out on uh, Instagram, WBR. Um, That's I mean, a really cool program. Dude, I, I those guys are so cool. And, dude, um, his brother's a badass on a mini bike. Do you remember yeah. all the stuff they used to do with the freestyle? I didn't bring that up, but, like, so much, like, going on with those guys over <laughs> the years. There's plenty going on up there. That's it. And they're not a sponsor of the show, but, like, there's their plug, like, WBR Yamaha, biggest, probably one of the biggest supports in the industry yeah. from a dealership. You know what I mean? Like everyone's got their... Dude, it's yeah, nothing to do with plugs and like if you're in the market for a dirt bike... I think bike, we're missing them now. Yeah. Like well, you used to have, your, like KSP was a big one mm. who's now closed down. Like there's a few of them around, but not... Well, that's what level. I'm saying because it is a grind as in to run a dealership, to run a race team, to, to do any of this stuff like... That's why the group model now yeah. of, of, of import, distribution, retail has been, been streamlined with corporate investment in, in our industry in Australia because getting the product in is a mission. Getting the product to retail, staff, like all of these things that the corporate model brings. You need it all tied together. You do. And, and independents such as WBR, WBR. Yep. is really impressive to see them last. But you can hear in his voice the passion they've got for the game. Um, That's the thing. Like it's... A, it's not an easy thing to do to run a dealership on its own. Yeah, it's hard work. One bit and running team, a team on its own. The, hard work. The team doesn't exist without the dealership. And the dealership. Oh, well, the, the team brings uh, exposure to, to the, the dealership. dealership. Like they feed each other. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're still spending way more money than they're making on the race team. Uh, I can tell you that for a fact. From like I said, from knowing what I but used to spend on the, the team, passion. but it does because, like I said. There's it, not many out there that could do there's it. There's not much for payoff either, you know? Like, it really is it's tough to, to make it viable, but they're making it worse. Hats off to those guys. So, before we get Jay Lamb um, on, the uh, privateer from Bonnie, Scotland. <laughs> for any of you youngsters listening, that's from Braveheart. I, I hope, Jay's like 21, so I really hope he even knows Surely. what Braveheart is. It's like I said to you before the show, I'm like, everyone from Scotland will know Braveheart the same way that everyone from Australia knows Crocodile Dundee. You reckon? 100%. I don't think the kids know about stuff anymore. Kids are idiots. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a kid, you're 25. Yeah. Are you 24? 20, uh, what year are we? 21. Around that part. I don't know. Yeah. After 21, it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, yeah. Until you hit 30. I, I know I'm not 30 and I know I'm not 21. Okay, there you go. Well, the kids, they don't know as much as they used to. Maybe I'm just getting old and jaded, but, you know, culture moves faster nowadays than, than the old movies. But uh, Jay Lamb's going to come on in just a minute. What time is it? It is, uh, we're going uh, to call him in a few minutes. But yeah. before we get to Jay, um, predictions preview for Gilman. Um, so let's talk... Uh, Start from the bottom, work our way up. MX3. Start from the bottom, now we're here. MX3 at the moment, it's hard to go past Blake Fox and Ryder Kingsford. Um, they're just on another level right now. I think Benny Novak, Kobe Drew. On the, note, on that, the note of Blake Fox, I actually chatted to Blake Fox's dad uh, between rounds after the, the preview show because not just us, but a lot of people have been saying how old Blake is. Yeah. And he's actually not that old. What's he, 17? He's 17. So, uh, our bad, and, and his dad didn't... Well, of course he's 17. He's got to be under 18. 
Yeah, but actually, let me get to the point. So I think the problem comes from he is he's a big dude, right? He's a big Mental. kid. It's Mental. like Cal Norton back in the day. Probably not on the scale of Cal Norton having well, a beard at 12. Beard, yeah. But like Cal Norton's the guy, you know, in the medieval, like Braveheart. He's the guy in the movie with like the big swinging like ball of spikes. He's a grown man. He had a beard. <laughs> but um, for like Fox, um, so like, you he's look bigger, at, I think like Kings, bigger kid. Kingsford's 16, right? Yeah. We um, also got that wrong. We got that wrong. wrong. We said he was a lot younger that's, than he is. That's my bad. So we should probably do more research. But, you know, um, his dad and I had a really cool chat. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, when parents hit me up, I'm always like, oh boy, what did I say? Uh, where's this going? Because I've had some, I've had some mini parent dealings <laughs> at a pro level over the years for stuff that I may have said on TV or the show. And I think I'm pretty Switzerland. I keep things pretty neutral. So that's the thing. No one knows who I am, so I can say what I like. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, this is true, but, you know, his dad and I had a good chat, and he basically explained that they actually moved him up a year early from juniors uh, because he was able to with his birthday, and then they changed the class structure. We didn't go racing in uh, 2020, 20. so he would have done a- MXD last year. year, but now he, you know, hasn't raced properly for the year and a half, same as everybody else. So, gas, gas, the KDM group, the family, Blake, are like, okay, well, why don't you get some professional racing experience? Go to MX3. Go to MX3. Do that for a year. Someone of his age could be racing MX2. Could. And I don't think he'd, like, obviously, once he gets this year under his belt, but I think the speed's not that far off to be a... Con- like, oh, he he would be a he would be a top, top five. I think top, he'd be close, yeah. you know. And I think if you put him in that environment, like he always, you know, one thing that impressed me about Blake as a junior, he always stepped up and and was up front right away yeah. in the next age group. As soon as you go to that next age group, he was. Which, if you ever, as a junior parent, listen to this, if you want to know the kids that are going to do well at a pro level, usually it's the kids that win at the bottom of the next age group when they're the, when the, they're the, the youngest. What are they? The, 11-year-old racing 85. When they're 12 and they're racing the 15-year-olds in big wheel or yeah. whatever it is. If if And Blake was always that kid that, that was doing well. Um, Kingsford's the same. Like, you know, they just rip at a young age. But uh, so basically, there's not that much of an age gap. I just want to look at the points standing for MX3, which we put out yesterday as part of one of our dealings. Yes. Uh, so you got Blake Fox, Ryder Kingsford, Ben Novak, Kobe Drew, and Caden Manier's top five. Yeah. So Manier, that is gnarly. Is it Manier is 14? Is he? He is. You got confirmation of that? I do. Okay. Uh, and, and he actually put in an exemption to race that first round before his 14th birthday. So he's 13 at Wontagi? I think so. Jesus. So that he did kid, well there too. Yeah, he rips. And he's the kid that won the 65 world title. Don't quote me on that 13, 14 thing, but I know he is the bottom of the age group of... Uh, that's of MX3. pretty Even at four, whether it was 13 or, or 14, 14. 14 still impressive to be doing that. And I think that's the whole reason that they brought this MX3 class in. Yeah. Is to... To bring know. that next generation through. You've got to think, if he's 14 racing MX3 now... Wait until he's 18 racing MX3. Well, he'll be gone. He'll be in Europe. You know what I mean? Like that, I think, is the fast track. You know, because at 15, you can race MX1, right? I mean, sorry, MX2. There's the exemption. If you 15, are 15, you yeah. can get into MX2. Well, Roxham was a world champion at 15. That's what I'm saying. That's the career path that That's those guys... That's where you guys, need to be. Yeah. If you're going to be world level, which, you know, Manier, I think he's on... Honestly, he's I think on that he's on that path, man. But I think Kingsford, and, Kingsford is another one that, like... Because he's still so young. At 16, it's still young. It's young. It's young. It's not... It's, you know, King... I think that whole... If you look at... 
for but, Kingsford and Fox to make that transition if they were to pursue the GP spec mm. route, they what? need to win or be the top two of MX3 this year, MX2. go to MX2, yeah. and win an MX2 title, and then, and then go. go. Yeah, that's really what it, it, the teams are looking for at least the top three in your domestic MX2 championship at a young age. Um, but if you go too soon, you know, you can hurt double-edged sword. Like, Nato Crawford goes, you get one year, he ages out, yeah. has come home. Is that experience going to pay dividends in his pro career here? Yes. yes. If you go too soon, you get injured, you're too young, you're not ready, you're, come back. you're going to do two years and come back. It's, it's a tough one, man. But, um, you know, so Fox and Kingsford, honestly, it's going to be hard to say. I think these two are going to split wins all year, the way it looks. But Fox was strong. He's from New South. He was strong at Canberra on the hard pack. Um, Kingsford, well, he's also from New South. So should he so be... Novak, isn't he? Nova. There's a lot of New South kids in this class. Maneer's from WA, but he's based over here with uh, Ross Beaton, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, in Vic. So <laughs> it looks like at the moment, if you watch all the classes, if you want to be a front runner, go work with Ross Beaton. He's got a good program, man. It's really good. It is. Um, he's got good tracks. He's got a good program. It's been years in the making. They've been building this model and, and um, it works, you know? And I think, the environment of being around those other fast guys, like, is it for everyone? No. no. Uh, same as in America, you've got, I mean, let's be real, you've got like Ross, which is like the Alden Baker of Australia, mm. really, if you straight up about yeah, it. Yeah, and you put all those fast guys together, they're going to make each other's yeah. faster, but, but it doesn't work for everyone. Well, there's a lot of fast guys that don't train on a program and do their own thing. It's just, it's horses for courses, really, mm. right? But um, yeah, for a young guy getting in that environment, like you said, you've got Lawwood living with Ross yeah. uh, in his program by it without his parents. Like, not every kid can do that, but definitely a good thing. So, um, um, MX2? MX2, I I don't see anyone beating Webster. No, it, it, I said it in the Gilman. recap show. I know it's very early to say we've only had four motos. Yeah, you're claiming like perfect season. It's, it, it's possible. Other than an injury, dude, no one's there. Look, Gilman's just sandy enough where Webster's Still at home. Still going to be so at home in that terrain. Was Maitland? I can't remember. Uh, we at Maitland last. You mean Gilman? Yeah, I'm talking the round after Gilman. Maitland's high pack. Yeah, okay. Real high pack. Remember, it's in the trees. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. We had to do TV. Oh, it was shocking. Yeah. That was the stick round. That's just a bit of stick. That's the stick, yeah. Yep. Aiden doing his trackside <laughs> antics. Um, yeah, sorry. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think like what um, Trav said, it's... Webster and Serco. It's basically Webster and Serco. And then well, you've got... Factor well, Wilson. you got... Jay Wilson. Webster, Serco, and Yamaloop. Well, it's basically Webster and Yamaha. And... Because that's and, the top 10 of them. <laughs> All right, so Webster, Serco, Yamaloop, WBR. <laughs> and you can't forget Dylan Wills. Wills, yeah. he rode good at Canberra. Wills, yeah, he And he's coming back from that He's uh, coming back surgery. from the injury. Recovery athlete Dylan Wills. Um, back on the bike a week after surgery. Yeah, not saying it was because of the product, but definitely didn't hurt. Um, Same with uh, Jesse Dobson, also a recovery guy. Also a recovery guy, that's right. Um, all right, so, yeah, I mean, MX2, jeez. It's, it's Webster and two Yamahas on the podium. Maybe so, Noah Ferguson. Yeah, Noah rode really well. And I think he'll he'll suit Gilman, a little Sandy again. Um, but he, he was riding really well at, it's, at Canberra. It's, two red, it's either going to be a red bike and two blue bikes or a blue bike and two red bikes. Yeah. Or possibly a white bike. With Wilsey? Yeah. MX1. Okay. Uh, if if Honda, and I know it wasn't official, but when we did the post-race interview with um, Gibbsy at uh, Canberra, and I sp- 
I saw Maddie at the airport. Mm. Um, I think there's a bit of setup going on. They're trying to find trying to find something with that bike. Still. Well, they were going somewhere in a hurry yesterday because they almost <laughs> ran into me at the roundabout. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Well, like we said, the Honda factory is literally across the street from from our <laughs> office here. Uh, but. Um, you know, they're testing, they're refining. It's still a new bike. There's no data. You know, MXGP hasn't gone racing yet. America's racing Supercross. It's probably nothing to help these guys out with settings. They can't really compare what they're getting out of Brayton and Oldenburg's bikes no, in America because no. it's different. So my opinion is this. If they get Medi and Gibbsy comfortable, I really think that both... Well, they're both SA guys, aren't they? Both those guys are going to be on the podium because you remember how Medi rode at Gilman Supercross in 19. Do you remember that? Yeah. How fast he was going... Before the whoops ate him up. Yeah. It was gnarly. But this isn't Supercross. No, but the, what I'm saying is, Medi probably did. Medi is one of those guys who can, like, there's not a lot of MX1 guys from SA, I don't think. Like, top end of the field. Not guys. anymore, no. So, Medi, Gibbsy, definitely going to factor into it. Cloudy's going to be trying to chase points and showed how fast he was at Canberra. Duffy's doing what Duffy does. Yeah, it's. I think those two factor into the podium. Melross. And then you've got... It's stacked, dude. It's dude, it is stacked. stacked. Duffy is going to be fast because it's sandy. Yep. Uh, he was fast at Canberra. I'm not going to lie. I was a tiny bit disappointed with Duffy at Canberra. He was on the podium. He was. It's not his kind of track. No, but... But... He hear, me out, points. hear me out. If Duffy is going to go on to be this next... He needs to be fast. Australian everybody. hope globally. You know, he's got to be faster on the hard... I don't know if it's the hard part. I don't know. I might get yeah. shot down for saying this, but I thought he would be a little better. He's 18. I know. I, look, I'm not saying... I love the kid. I really do. Um, he's actually one of my favorite writers. Like, he's incredible. But regardless... He's, he needs to be he consistent needs to be, everywhere. He needs to be better on, on the hard pack, I feel. Maitland... I think still pretty good. Yeah, all right, all right. I mean, yeah, Cloudy... Was he second or third? Third. third. Yeah, CDR one, two. Um, Maitland's going to be the true test for Duffy for me yeah. with the hard pack for the rest of the year. Because what do we got? We've got Gilman, Maitland, QMP. Oh, no, Wodonga. QMP. Yeah, so Maitland and Wodonga, hard, hard pack. pack clay. What's QMP? Mm, it's that Queensland hard pack, which isn't like... Yeah, and then we've got Coolum, which he'll just f- fucking slay everyone there. Yeah, yeah Coolum is going <laughs> to be fucking doubt a Duffy that. bloodbath, I think. But that's the thing. If he could just stay in the championship hunt, come Coolum, is game over, you know. But I, I feel bad for Luke Clout again. Because it's like, okay, maybe Waters isn't in his prime anymore, right? Maybe he's not the guy. And, and he was the guy him. that got, was the sand guy that beat yeah. Cloudy in 19, right? Yeah. So then and you then go, okay. bring in another sand guy. Let's bring in the next sand guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think, who knows? Cloudy could turn it around. The speed's there. Waters is another guy that could factor in. Like, there's eight guys that could easily podium mm. at Gilman. Yeah. yeah. Purvis could. Come out, cool. and look, Gilman isn't the biggest track, so the start is it's, it's a one eighty left to yeah. a right to honor the track. The start's important. Mm. Um, you pull a pull a good start, you'll be up front. So, um, all right, let's get talking to MX One. So let's get Jay Lamb on. Jay there. Lamb, um, let's get Jay on the phone. <laughs> oh, I love it. I really hope this kid knows. Braveheart. Uh, what Braveheart is. What's he, obviously, Jay. Lamb. Yeah, he's under Jay Lamb on my phone. Same as Travis Witten was under Travis yeah. Witten. Do you know what you else? Know? Fuck off. <laughs> Come on. All right. Uh, we're going to get Jay Lamb on the phone right now. Um, he's based in New South Wales, right? I have no idea, dude. I'd... But uh, hey, we've got him now. So let, let's find out some things about this young man coming out of Scotland. Jay Lamb, how are you, buddy? 
Yeah, good. How are you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Um, all right, Jay. Before we get into it, all right, we've we've been dropping some, we've been dropping drops all show long. Do you know what the movie Braveheart is? Oh, yeah. Okay. I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, cool, man, because I oh, play the drop. Play the Can drop. You, Every uh, time we've said your name so far, <laughs> we've just been playing that. Every time we say your name. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us your best freedom, Jay? Yeah, give, give us, us some Mel Gibson. Freedom. Go for it. Oh, go on, man. <laughs> uh, wait there. I forgot, I forgot the line now. He yeah, says, you'll, you'll, you'll never take our freedom. <laughs> Freedom! Yes, yes. All right, well, talking about freedom, Jay, I honestly, um, this is a cool conversation for me because uh, we did the first two um, recap, shows. recap shows. So we obviously cover Prime X and, and the Aussie Moto scene. Um, and you you popped up from Wontaggy, you popped up from Canberra, and, you know, you've got, you know, MXR and D, you've got last, like, you've got all these Aussie-based um, support, support, you know, uh, you look yep. for all intents and purposes like an MX1 privateer straight out of New South Wales or Queensland. or Queensland, right? So I didn't really give it much of a thought. And every time we did like the results in the top 10, we're like, huh, who's this Jay Lamb guy? We don't really know. We need to find out more about him. And then all of a sudden, it's like the industry discovered who you were um, <laughs> and started, you know, Moto Online did a, a, an interview with you and, and it started getting going. So um, for the viewers or the listeners that don't, you know, don't know your story, um, Let's hear it, mate. Who who are you, um, and and what's it all about? Yeah, well, me and my girlfriend, we left home when uh, it would have been the end of two thousand and eighteen. Right. I had a big injury back home, and uh, I decided to step away from the sport, as I would say. Um, you know, just spending so much money on the sport and not getting enough back from it, from injuries, etc. And I was like, look, I've had enough. And my girlfriend was like, why don't we go traveling for a year? And I was like, you know what, let's do it. So we saved up money, flew out here at the start of 2019, uh, went, went apple picking and done all the, the, tour, the traveler stuff. And uh, it just happened, maximum up 15,000 was on down the road from where we were apple picking. Yeah, yeah. So, I love, I love this part. Like, just a small event, yeah, for you to go check out, yep. Yeah, I thought, oh, let's just go check it out. And I actually know the guy who promotes, like, uh, Willie Thompson. Right. I know him pretty well. Uh, funnily enough, he's actually from my hometown back home. Well, with a name like Willie um, Thompson, it's not that surprising. That's about as Scottish as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after watching it, I was like, I really want to race. Like, And it's always been my dream to come over here and race. Like, I've always wanted to do it. So, And my girlfriend was just like, well, if we're going to do it, we need to do it right. So we just the rest of the year, we flew over to New South Wales, based ourselves central, and just started working and saving money for the rest of that year. Yep. And uh, then getting ready for 2020, but obviously COVID hit and, and we couldn't really do much racing. So, and, uh, but it was just, it was good because it gave me that year to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, for and sure. Get back on the bike and, and get, get my, get the feeling back, you know, like, and I've done some gate drops. I got into the East Coast. I've uh, done some of them. Um, but I wasn't where I needed to be then. So I'm really glad that I didn't step in, you know, because I feel like I have improved since then to now. Yeah, so for sure. Been, I mean, everything happens yeah. for a reason. And I think that that reset, this has happened for a few riders I've spoke to. I think for you, 
you know, if you jump into the 2020 season and everyone comes straight off of 2019, you haven't raced for a bunch of years and then you go racing with all these guys that are in the swing of things, it's probably going to be a different story for you. Um, but yeah, everyone yeah. coming in cool. off of a, a year off, you're not at that much of a disadvantage because everyone's in the same you know, in the same shoes, yeah. so to speak. I mean, you got to learn yeah. new tracks. you got to learn the new series, which yeah, I know how hard that is coming over here to race back in the day. But, um, you know, you've adapted to it really well. So what I'm interested, how old are you, Jay? 22, is it? I've just, I've just turned 24 in April. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're yeah, you're sort of early, mid-20s. So obviously growing up in the UK uh, or Scotland, sorry, I, I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to throw that on yeah, here. Yeah. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland. Um, you know, <laughs> you would have, you'd have raced the, the Max British Championship. Did you do any of like the EMX European 250? Like wh- what was your story in the UK? Yeah. Uh, well, we, I don't come from a lot of money. So we, we only had enough to do the British Championship every year. Right. So we, that's all we got to do. And, uh, but it was, it's a great championship back home. It was when Maxis was the main sponsor for it. But I think, I think they backed out now. I don't think they're... Yeah, uh, I, I still follow it on on Instagram. But uh, this is what I said to you on Instagram. Like you wouldn't, we haven't met, you wouldn't know me. So what years, what year were you born? I'm trying to figure that out. 24. You'd be, and 97. Yeah, 97, right. So you'd have I'm been... I'm 25. <laughs> I was born the year before. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's our producer. Well, when you're 25, though, that means you're old when you're 25. Yeah. When you're 25. Well, <laughs> well, I'm 33, right? So that's what I said to you on Instagram. Like, I'm from the UK. So I I obviously raced growing up in, in England. Uh, so I raced... I don't know if the under-21s is still a thing when you were there. Um, oh, it was. It was... Um, uh, I didn't do any of them. I done uh, just I done the MXY two. That's right. It changed the, to that, didn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah. I I did like under twenty ones in two thousand five, uh, and then like British four strokes and Maxis MX one in like oh six oh seven. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So obviously way before your time, and then I I kind of retired from racing in the UK at like the ripe old age of nineteen. Um, old age yeah but <laughs> you know so i that, that's what i'm saying like i i your story to me is very interesting because clearly you come from that uh environment and you're a completely yeah. different generation to me like i came up with the likes of tommy Searle and sean simpson and um yeah you know that was my age group um so yeah. you who who would you have come up with were you like with like mel pocock yeah. and um uh, no i was uh, a bit younger than him. I was with, like, uh, have you heard of Ben Watson? Yeah, yeah. So um, you'd have been Ben and who else is around in your era? Uh, Conrad Muse. Yeah, okay. So when I was uh, racing pro, I think Conrad was on a 65. <laughs> I, I remember I remember him. So that, yeah, that shows the, the age gap there. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, look, I mean, and here's the thing that I, I you're going to agree with me on this one, right? Straight up. I know you are. So coming from the UK, coming from the Maxis, coming from the the UK version of ProMX, what it used to be called MX Nationals, um, the opportunity in Australia for riders, sponsorship, support, and a good race series, the Aussie riders do not know how good they have it here. Would you agree with me on that one? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, to find a ride and find sponsorship back home, it is virtually impossible <laughs> well it's it, it, you're, it's you're so putting hard. you're putting money into a team is the longest short of it you know um yeah yeah that's yeah 
that's, that's what everyone, every rider's doing now. Yeah, it's like that's if you cool. are not a number one guy, then you are you're funding your ride. Um, it, it it's yeah. not even a like over here. There are teams and riders that do it, but it's it's the industry secret. You know what I mean? Um, but it's yeah. not even a secret in MXGP or or like European motocross. It's just like it's just expected. Yeah, the amount of guys that I used to race and and I I would be beating them. Then next year they're on the team. I'm like, are you joking? Are you are you joking? That how does that work? But then you find out later on that they've got all this money and yeah, they put it, fifty it goes, grand. It's going a long or... way back home, but over here, I bet, like the way you'll have more experience over here than me. But I feel it's more fair game over here. It is. Well, the industry supports racing a lot more over here because the industry's bigger. They sell more bikes. There's there's definitely not more people. I mean, look and. The UK series, like the tracks are incredible in England and I, I never made it up to Lucas in Scotland. I don't know where you're from, but like the tracks. Yeah, yeah, that, that like, was a good track. The tracks in the UK are, are next level. They're, they're still proper old school motocross tracks, you know, like. Metal yeah, they're deep, deep and they get rough. They get so rough. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like, you know, you've got Fox Hills, you've got Ling, you've got, um, man, I'm trying to remember all the other tracks we race over the years, but, um, you know, like they're real moto tracks. The tracks here are different, and I'm interested to, to hear what you actually think of the tracks over here. Yeah, the tracks over here, I feel, I like them. They're, I think they're a lot faster. I think the tracks over here are a lot more high-speed, as you'd say. Okay. Um, but I think I think the ground, like, apart from one saggy, not putting one saggy in it, yeah. <laughs> the, the ground, the tracks that I've rode in New Wales have been a lot harder packed. You know, like I'd never really seen blue grooves until I came to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a, a little place called Blue Rock. Yeah, living in uh, <laughs> living in Scotland, you only see the sun probably three times a year. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, here's here's my interpretation. This is what I say to people. Uh, you know, obviously, I've been in Australia a long time, so for the most part now, I'm, I'm an Aussie. You know what I mean? But um, I left yeah. the UK in 2007. No, you're not. Yeah, but for all intents, talking to talking to um, William Wallace here, I sound Australian, is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> um, the the tracks in Australia, other than the sand tracks, and even the sand tracks for the most part, like you caught one thousand on a wet day, usually it's a lot more. Um, it's always wet. No, it's not. Yes, it's not. It is. But the 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 tracks over here, the the bumps fall into the ground. They're square edged. They don't raise up as much yeah. where I think Europe yeah. and I don't know if you've ever done any riding in America, but like Europe and uh, UK, America, the, the bumps sort of raise out of the ground more. I think the ground crumbles here a lot more and the track falls in on itself. Like you have to run a lot softer yeah. suspension over here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so getting back to your career in, in the UK. So what was your best like years as, uh, as, uh, a, 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 you know, um, what oh, they call the MXY or the 250s or, or even MX1. Yeah. Like, what did you do in Maxis? Oh, I had a lot of, um, as a as a youth rider, I had a lot of wins at the British Championship. Yep. Is, is in, the, in the youth category. Um, right through my career, I was always there in the top three. Um, but then when I went, I got injured the year before I went pro. Right. And then, so I was already behind. Then we decided to go to MX1 back home. So I didn't even race MX2. Yeah, um, straight to the 450. Yeah. I actually rode a 350. Okay. I, I rode a 350 Husky back then. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I wasn't strong enough for a 450 yet. But we didn't have the budget to fully... Yeah, to uh, run a 250. a 250. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and it, it played in our favour. Like I, I felt like it suited my style a lot better. Um, and yeah, I've done not too bad for my first year. Like there were some big names in it that year. Um, well, it all, and, there always and, is, you know. And and yeah, I actually say that. To, to people over here as well, like back, say, when I was racing the Maxis or whatever, it was basic because I don't know how long the race is on now, but back then we were doing 40 plus twos. So it was like, it was on par with MXGP. Um, so the, the yeah. MXGP guys would use the British series as basically like a test series. Like I remember racing all the top factory guys from MXGP would come over and do at least one or two rounds, if not all of them. Uh, I, yeah. I know it's probably still like that. I know Hurlings is racing... Uh, I saw yeah, his race in. Yeah, he's at Ling this weekend. So it's like there's no shortage of talent race in the British series. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is clearly you know how to ride a bike because you just got tenth at Canberra, I think it was. Um, We're sitting in tenth points overall. Yeah, so you you is you went between yeah went between uh, Purvis and Tierney. So that's that's pretty good company there, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It's really good. I, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. Um, I, I, but I feel like even if I went back home, I would still do better than I did as my first year roll back home. Um, I think the time I off like has a lot to do with that. Time off. Yeah. Pardon? So yeah, I, I think the time, the time off. off yeah. I feel like I've just refreshed my head. I've got about all the, the negatives and I've just moved on from it all. And I've just, enjoying riding my bike again more than anything well that's the thing right like when you're i know what it's like like you know you're you're a younger man in at home and your parents putting all this money in and you're working and trying to race and it's just so stressful because you're trying to make it and then yeah when you actually just go live in the real world for a while and then you come back to racing you're like i actually don't really give a shit i just want to enjoy racing my bike um yeah and i can just see your journey that's clearly where you're at because you know, you're just like, I don't even know where I'm going to finish. I don't know any of these riders. I'm just going to go have fun. And, and it shows um, because there's no there's no pressure. Like, you don't have to answer to, you know, your mum or dad saying, yeah. we remortgaged the house and you just got 15. Yeah. Right? You know, you're just like, whatever. We're just seeing Australia. I've had conversation after your time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I have been there, my man. Don't worry about that. <laughs> where where are you based like at the moment, Joe? pretty hard on me. He's pretty hard on me. Yeah. If I don't do good. We've well, got need- to drive home. You need someone to be. Uh, you need to be someone cranking the whip. But so you're you based out yeah. of New South, right? Yeah, yeah, down in Shell Harbour area. Who are you? Who are you riding with? Like during the week and on the off weekends? Uh, oh, uh, Matt Moss. We we I done a bit of riding with him for a bit before the first, well, first and second round. Yep, yeah, uh, that's some pretty good company. Yeah, yeah that, he yeah. goes fast. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's going pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay Robert. Uh, been doing a bit of riding with him. Um, Ryan Fandana, we've been riding together as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's so another privateer that stepped up this year. He's doing well too. Yeah, yeah. Ryan's doing well. He's a, he's a really nice guy and they've all welcomed me in really well. You know, they've not been... Yeah, they've been good to me. Yeah, so the, industry's, nice. the industry's pretty friendly here, man. The riders... Um, you know, most people are, for the most part, it's super, you know, welcoming and you being from overseas is, you know, people will want to help you out. Um, Working with yeah, MXR and yeah. D? Yeah, so you're doing stuff with Ryan Marmon as well with the bike side of things? Oh, well, it's um, it's Luke Sanderson. Um, he actually, he's, 
he bought Amex R and D off. Oh, he bought Ryan. it off of Ryan. Okay, jeez, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's been a massive help. He's the main part of my program. Yep. Obviously, there's I get help through City Coast as well. Yeah. Um, City Coast motorcycles. That's my, the dealership we deal with. Is that Bush is the Amex R and D is. He does everything. He's he's been an absolute blessing in disguise. He yeah. He's dropped everything for me, really. That's so awesome, it's been man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, they work with yeah. a lot of good guys as well. Yeah, they got a solid. Um, yeah. they got a solid program. Solid there. program. It's well, you fell right into a good little, um, you know, good little environment there. So you, you got some good people in your corner, which is always, uh, which is always the most important thing. Probably more support than you've ever had racing up in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Like I had help last Like I was always, always had like a good like team around me but it wasn't it was all my dad's money you know it was all we were having to pay for everything you yeah, know yeah but obviously nothing free over here but it's it's really good deals you know yeah people really good deals. they're able to look after you um i think some things are more expensive in australia some things are not you know it's it's a bit of a trade-off with europe on that on that side but uh yeah you know i think the bikes I know, are a lot cheaper yeah well that's the thing dude in my era um, in my era, like we used to go by, like I remember one year, and this is going to make me sound like a rich kid, which we were not by any means whatsoever. I come from, I, I sound, I, I talk well spoken because I went to a good school, but we are from, you know, not rich family at all. But I remember one year, like we had uh, two 250Fs, Hondas, we were racing, like I said, under 21s. We had two 125 Hondas because we were racing the, um, the, the Depth Two Stroke Series. You remember that? Um, and then I had a freestyle bike as well, a 250 Honda, a two-stroke. And it was like, but that still would have only been like 20 grand worth of bikes. You know what I mean? Like, that's two, yeah. that's one and a half, like, They now. were like, I think a new 50 was like 4,000 pounds back when I was racing over there. And and now, I don't, I don't know, they're like 15 grand over here. I don't know what they cost in the UK. What, what's a yeah, bike going for, for now? For a new bike, you're looking at night, like, I think it's, what did I pay for this? I think it was like nine grand for the, for the Husky. Yeah, that's like, well, that's like 16 Seventeen thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Insane. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I think, like you said, the industry here is just bigger and more open to. I think the UK is like a closed shop, is what I would call it. As in, like, it's just smaller yeah. and and uh, you know a lot more. You know, you kind of chose from a young age in the UK. I think they kind of are here as well, but there's not a lot of opportunity in the UK away from like the top guys. Whereas here you can make your own program work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. And I feel, I feel like MX R&D, they've put me onto really, really good people to train. Like that's who I met, uh, Matt Moss through as well. Yeah. That's who, he, he was all through their uh, look. So yeah, it all, and I, I believe everything happens for a reason, uh, you know? So. Oh, definitely, man. So, look, um, what, what's your plans? Are you obviously you've got some sort of work visa over here to be over here since two thousand and eighteen? I think you said. Um, yeah, well, I've done this two-year working holiday visa. Right. Then uh, I've I've got I'm a carpenter, so I've got a carpentry trade. Right. And uh, I, my boss has put me on a sponsorship visa. So nice. It's, uh, so you're um, yeah, you're so. obviously working during the week doing that whole deal. Yeah, full privateer lifestyle, I would say. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, we we all know it well, mate. Um, that's cool, man. So is Australia is Australia home now, or what's the go? Are you going to go head back to? Uh, I would say Scotland's always going to be home, but I, I can't. I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a tough sell, is it? You're like, you know, I. I, I don't know, UK, yeah, it's, I don't call it home anymore because I've been here for so long, but, like, you always come from where you come from and that's your roots, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. why would you go back, like, at the end of the day? I say like, the same <laughs> thing about Warnable when it's four hours down the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, wa- I walk out the door and I'm, I'm five minutes from the start. Yeah. I can't start, but I try. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I go out. <laughs> I, dude, being Scottish, I don't think water sports are in your blood. <laughs> But, um, yeah, <laughs> you got uh, you got a couple of good brands helping you out, like um, the guys at Lusty and Gas Imports and um, Former and stuff like that. So, how's the relationship been with a lot of those guys? Yeah, well, that all came from actually uh, the Lusty deal came from City Coast. Yep, because uh, they stuff uh, same at City Coast. He hooked me up with them when I first came over, and I uh, just got some good discount. Then I done some promoting stuff like on my Instagram and stuff and then this year they, they give me a better deal so uh, then I've just hopefully keeping them all happy yeah Johnny and the doing. guys are always happy to help out a lot of riders you see a lot of yeah Troy Lee getting yeah. out there and former and mm. everything else they do so that's that's a good company to be aligned with um, same with Gas and yeah. um, Link International with Pirelli and stuff so that's always good yeah they, they've been a massive help this year as well Link International uh, who can meet up with my tires and oils and stuff, etc. So, it's so you, really you're, good. You're basically just living the Australian dream. You're living, you know, living in the sun, living <laughs> on the beach, racing dirt bikes, and and uh, and having fun, man. It's it's cool to see it. It's yeah, a good it feel good story, Jay, because I, you know, I'm I'm pretty heavily involved in the industry from like a marketing and a business point of view, and I I help riders with whatever it is, branding themselves, marketing themselves. We we represent a lot of brands um, at the parent company here. ID Media Group within the industry, and and I say to everyone, I'm like, man, you know, they all a lot of writers bitch and moan, like, oh, there's no money, there's no opportunity. I'm like, you got no idea You're how just not good the right questions, yeah, how good the industry is here to help you out to yeah. to run your own program, yeah. and and are you going to make money? Like, no, but can you do it and break, break even, even and 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 have something on the side? Yeah, you could do that, you know, and you can have a killer time yeah. doing it, you know. Yeah, and then you're doing something you love. You know, yeah, like it, at the end of the day, you're like your own little business right now. You got all these little ventures going on and all these deals, and 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 you can make it work. But um, it, it's hats off to you, man. It's cool to see. Obviously, uh, sure. it must be tough. Your family probably haven't been able to visit you, I'd imagine, um, for a while. Yeah, yeah. My dad will be. My dad's a bit devastated. He's not over here racing. Yeah, he, he loves it. He yeah. says he doesn't, but then oh. then when he finds out. <laughs> Then when he say, finds out everything that's going on, he's got it. He wants to be over here so bad. He's the same as every other moto dad. He doesn't. He doesn't like spending the money, but he loves everything else about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, are they right <laughs> outside I think my of the mom British? Just wants to come over on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You probably won't get rid of them once they can come here. Outside yeah. of the British Championship, are they doing a lot of racing in in like the UK and Scotland and that right now? Uh, they've just started again. Yeah, like last weekend was the Scottish Championship. That series has gotten pretty good again. Like it, it, when I was like 13, it kind of died off that championship. Yeah. And because uh, didn't uh, it used to be just like one weekend a year or something? Was the Scottish Championship from memory? 
No, oh, maybe back in the yeah, <laughs> back in, like, back back in, in the, my day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yeah, I know. Back in the I day, carburetors and yeah, I did have carburetors for strokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it actually did, but <laughs> when I was really young, they had they did have like a series, right. a six round series. But um, if you go on, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Stuart Flockhart. Yeah, I used to race Stuart Flockhart. That's how old I am. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he actually runs the series now. Yeah, okay. The Scottish series. And they were up at a track called Tane. It's like at the top of Scotland. Right. Like, we all used to go up there training. And it's, it's like Lomo. It's there's, a lot so of, there's actually a lot of sand up in Scotland, hey? Oh, it's crazy. It's so good. Because I think that's where everyone John thinks Simpson. Sean Sean Simpson's so fast in the sand is because he's based in Europe. But it's like, no, it's because he grew up in Scotland, you know? Yeah, and his home track is called Balmoral. And yep. um, that is like, that's near Lookers. Yeah, you know, yeah. that Lookers? Yeah, that's I, there. That's where he grew up. I never raced. My dad would never travel that far to go race anything. He was just like, no. <laughs> but um, not like it's far. You know, how funny is it, right? Like for you to drive from Scotland to, uh, I don't know, to you probably would have raced down at Devon, like Whiteway Barton or one of those tracks on like the opposite end of the country in the UK. And it would have been yeah. like a 12 hour drive. Right. Um, and then you drive 12 hours here. You're still in New South Wales. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like we, I was right on the border. So it, like maybe seven, eight hours. I'll, I'll be London. Yeah. And, and yeah. Seven, eight hours here. And I'm, you're still yeah, in the same still. state. Like I remember drive, you know, we'd go do, you know, Sheffield Supercross like four hours or you'd go race at uh, Whitby or something like, up there on the Newcastle. We're like, oh my God, this yeah. is five hours. This is so far, you know, and then <laughs> far out you drive into, you know, well, you're going to have a big drive from New South to SA. That'll be what? Probably. You think about it. Coolum to Cairns is like 18 hours. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ridiculous. You could drive from the UK, get on the boat and, and be in freaking Russia by that point nearly. <laughs> but uh yeah it's so close together battle it, it is it's so close it is man that's, well hey um uh, yeah i appreciate you taking the time out to come on man um like i said once once i figured out who you were i really wanted to have a chat and um might catch up with you after gilman and do a post race yeah we'll, we'll we'll introduce ourselves to you at gilman and then uh and go from there man it's, it's a cool story Hopefully, all of the yep. uh, listeners go follow Jay on Instagram. I think, what, what is it? Just at, what's your Instagram tag? Uh, JLAM511. 511. Um, it's got the Scottish flag in there. You can't miss it. If you're at Gilman, go <laughs> drop by and say good day to Jay. That's right. Um, we'll catch yeah, up with you there, Jay. That, and um, yeah, thanks for taking the time out, man. Keep, keep on the grind and uh, we'll see you next weekend. Yeah, thanks very much. Have a good one. You too, bud. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, guys, Jay Lamb there being brought to you by the guys at MX Raps. And uh, just, uh, wow, that's a cool story. That's awesome. He yeah. sounds like Dean Wilson. <laughs> he, he's, he's already got a bit of the Aussie going on. Yeah. Um, he does. He's going to be that kind of, kind of like me. Just that a bit hybrid of, of bitter. Yeah, bitter. Pizza, I like that. Pizza, bitter yeah. everything. Bitter um, shit. <laughs> but cool story. Make sure you go awesome. check out Jay on Instagram and, and drop by if you see him in, at the local. Man, he's had some really good results. Dude, solid. Like, like 10. Like 10. Like, like top 10 guy. Um, very underrated. Clearly. Yeah, 100%. Like clearly. Yeah. Um, so that's cool to see. But uh you know, good show today, man. Milner, um, the WBR boys, Trav Witten, and Jay Lamb. 
us talking to Smackle Prime. It's good to do an Inside Dirt show again. We will do more of these guys. I know I keep promising. I'm going to stop saying, we're going to do a website. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah, I've been slacking on the website. That's my bad. Yeah, that is your bad. But um, I've been busy. All, know, all I can drinking, say... Drinking Cokes. All I can say is we are putting a business model in place right now, which is pretty much complete, that will then allow us to do more cool stuff with Inside Dirt. But we had to take care of the real business first with ID Media Group, which has grown substantially over the past 12 months. Um, not We're to say to that more next week. We are. Not, not to say more that... Um, that this isn't a priority or a business because it is, but at the end of the day, you got to fund this stuff somehow. Uh, and the sponsors help, but you know, the real business helps more so. So if you heard us in the intro, we are starting to introduce ID media group and what we do as a company to everybody. And that's, what's been going on in the background for the last couple of years. So you will start learning more about it in the coming months. Um, but there'll be more content coming, more bike tests, all that stuff's coming. I promise one day, but thanks to all the loyal listeners. Um, as we say, always, please like like rate and subscribe to the channel please share it tell your friends about it tag us on instagram um you riding this weekend i ride this weekend where are you riding i'm gonna go to park four on saturday you're not doing vets at rosebud no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> nah i i thought better of racing this year uh, i should have i should have gone to the round one of the state championships in the plus 30 class it would have been good oh mechanic for you what could go wrong oh uh <laughs> but yeah you know what i didn't do round one and i no way i'm putting my bike through rosebud or me without an incentive to to be we, in the we should go to a round. We should do we'll, it. Well, I'll, I'll go to Rosebud and have a look on Sunday. We'll be like Emig and J-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sure will. Yeah. Um, He's a racing man. But yeah, please, please uh, keep the momentum going, guys, with the listens and the shares and everything. We really appreciate you, loyal listeners. I know we haven't given you heaps of content, but the AMX Motor Online Primax recap shows have been our priority. And post-race interviews were really popular. We appreciate everyone listening to those. We're going to do more of that stuff from the event. Might even start taking the podcast around and doing some interviews at the races, like we said. Well, I think we might have to um, catch up with the WBR. WBR guys. Yeah, yeah I think that'll in person. in that for some reason. Yeah, it's easy to do. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, content's coming soon. Um, Darnell, appreciate it. Thanks. It's and, good to be back. Uh, we will be back the Monday night live if Dino pulls his finger out, on Dude, Facebook. don't even start. <laughs> Sorry, before, no. we, before we go, I have to say to everyone out there that watches the, the AMX show live on Facebook. I, that was actually my fault. I, yeah. yeah I, we didn't plan the show in advance. We didn't test the internet at the building and it dropped out. We went, it worked fine the first round. What could go wrong? And should have realised after doing years of TV that the internet's never guaranteed. So... I uh, do apologise, guys, and we will uh, have that resolved for the next show. Because the live show has been going really well. Yeah, uh, thank, thanks for everyone that tunes in. And I also drops. don't think people realise how much work goes into the live shows. <laughs> so that is another reason why these Inside Dirt shows haven't been happening quite as much, because the live shows are quite a task in themselves. They take um, up a lot of my time. They do. But uh, with that being said, everyone, thank you for listening. Darnell, appreciate it. We will be at Gilman. We will be at Gilman. Next weekend. And then Monday night after Gilman. We're doing a show. Live on AMX and inside the Facebook and Moto Online will be the AMX Moto Online recap show. For this show, special shout out to Recoverate, to MX Raps, and of course, ID Media Group, bringing you all the guests today and the show itself. Our sponsors mean a lot to us, so please check them out. I see MX Raps dropped a new kit today. They did. To the KDM. They did. That's going out soon on socials. And also, MX Reps are doing an activation at Gilman because they're based in South Australia. We are helping those guys put that together. Go by the tent, grab a goodie bag, 
go in the entry to win a free graphics kit. Meet the folks at MX Raps. They are up and coming, and they are going to be players in the game. They have a killer range more than just about anybody. Their their materials are next level. The fitment, I'm not just saying this because they sponsor us. The easiest graphics kit I've ever fitted in my life. Well, so, I used to do your graphics prior to that. You did. And um, and I'm sure glad you're not designing them anymore. Oh, so am I, to be honest. <laughs> but it's just, it's, oh, the, the way that that kit went on from MX Wraps, yeah. that was good. It man. was like butter, so, man. So it really impressive. was. So make sure you go check out the MX Wraps activation. Yeah, uh, hit up MX Wraps. Don't DM me. I don't do graphics anymore. And um, make sure you check out Recoverate as well. A lot of the top guys in the game are using that product, along with a lot of the privateers and everybody in between are really starting to cotton on to Recoverate and Hydrate. It is going to help you immensely with your recovery, your performance, and achieving your personal best. And with that being said, we will catch you guys after Gilman.